This episode is brought to you by Box Drop Norfolk. Box Drop Norfolk carries the best quality mattresses and furniture at the lowest price. They get truckloads of new overstock couches and mattresses at a great price and pass the savings on to you. They are a family-owned and operated business. Nate, Rebecca, and daughter Natalie keep their overheads low so they can price these all below retail. The mattresses and furniture are all new and come in limited quantities. Selection may vary. Message them on Facebook. Come check them out. Save some money. Mention you heard about them from this podcast episode. Drop the name Touching Base. Get an extra $30 off. My next guest is the chef and owner of 411 and Fenders here in Norfolk. Danny, thanks for making time to be here today. Thanks for coming, for letting me come through. No problem. Yeah. I'm Zach Miller with my co-host Vance Nighting. Nice to meet you, Danny. How's it going, Vance? And we are touching base with Danny. Is it Orwa? Yeah. Danny, Danny Orwa today. Um, so, Danny, again, thanks for coming. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, not really. I look like it. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot going on anyway. <laughs> Keeps the boredom away. So There you go. Um, so, like, early years, where did you grow up? Originally, I was born in Kenya. Uh, I was in the city of Nairobi. And then we moved around uh, South Africa. And then from South Africa to Iowa. <laughs> and then from Iowa, I went to college in uh, West Virginia. How'd you get from South Africa to Iowa? What brought you to Iowa? Yeah, I got on the wrong boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, A lot uh, colder. Just, just, just you know... Looking for something good. Uh, I've never been able to stay somewhere stagnant. You know, yeah. I want to. I want to see and be exposed to a lot. And, you know, uh, you miss out on, on this world is so big, and as much as I can expose myself and learn, uh, when my time comes and I leave here. I'll no, I'll not have any regrets. Yeah, leave your mark you know? on society. Yeah, true that. The uh, I see a lot of that too. Where I've seen a lot of um, people come from overseas and they end up in Iowa. I just never understood. <laughs> uh, Iowa, was there any reason it, for Iowa? Or so is it... my sister came here first, and then uh, it was pitched. Hey, uh, can the boys come to school here? <laughs> yeah. Before you know it, we came down, and uh, Iowa was a good place because it wasn't a city. We're at in Iowa? Iowa City. Oh, oh Iowa, Iowa City. City. Yeah. Okay. So, so on the eastern side. Yep. Yeah, it was small enough to where uh, there's not a lot of culture shock, you know, yeah. and adapting to the environment was a lot easier. It wasn't quite as um, strenuous as you'd expect, like in the big city where yeah. it's, it's very competitive and uh, just going to school and getting through, getting work and all that. So yep. uh, it was a perfect fit. So when, awesome. when did you move from, because you said Kenya, right? Yep. To South Africa. So I left Kenya in 1998. How old were you? I was in South, uh, 14. Oh, no, so, you, so you spent a lot of time in Kenya then? Oh, yeah. 13 years? Yeah. I still was, go back. I go back every year. Do you? Mm-hmm. How, uh, how was that growing up over there? Like, Can you compare that to maybe kids growing up here in the in the U.S.? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's different. Uh my upbringing, I would say, it wasn't quite as easy, but, like, my parents taught me well. And I gained a lot of knowledge just by curiosity, you know. I remember 
first grade, the first thing, like once you start learning how to talk and read, and the first thing the teachers teach you is, uh, well, uh, this country came from colonization. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about, <laughs> right? And then as you progress through like first grade, second grade, third grade, and you get a better perspective of things. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> that history kind of shaped how Kenya runs till today, right? And you can see all the other African countries, they're starting to now branch out on their own. They're starting to have their own uh, thinking mentality that's different. And that shows a little bit of progress, right? Because for decades, you know, uh, they haven't had quite, they have the independence, but they're not independent. Right. They're not as independent as you'd like them to be. They're so dependent on foreign aid and they're so dependent on foreign culture and all that. So to now start to identify with themselves, you can see like the music. I think they've come up with yeah. like Afrobeat, a new genre. Yep. I was listening to music like that when I was growing up, but it wasn't like mainstream. Mainstream, yeah. You know, so they're starting to identify with themselves, which is a good thing. Right. Uh, and a lot of people are starting to take heed in uh, what they have to offer as a nation of, of different countries. A little self self uh self identity and and creating your own like you were talking about creating your own culture and just like yes. and being proud of themselves yeah and not just taking handouts more yeah. of a like, and i have a, i walk around with a little bit of guilt you know because <clears throat> uh i'd like to be a part of that process and as i work to have to find myself and i and get a good identity of what my purpose is i'd like to also be involved in that uh progress yeah. You know, so as we age, like the older generations that were there from like back in the day from like the colonial days, they're starting to die. And there's this new group of young people with a new thought process and mindset that is so different. Right. <laughs> and it's not just in Africa. I think it's everywhere. Right. It, yeah. it is so different and it's so progressive to the point where uh, in this day and age, there's something really special happening. Right. The, with us, the ability of communicating, like this podcast that we're talking about right now, yep. once you put it on the cloud, I mean, you might have someone from Africa listening you, to it. Yeah, we've, you can had, hear it uh, we've had a few different countries so far listening to, to this one that you're on now. Yeah. Um, Mexico being one of them, which obviously that's we knew that was yeah. going to happen. Um, we had one from Ghana. Uh, one. Right I don't on. know how we got that one. but See, but, but that's what I'm talking about. So... Yeah. Uh, the world becomes a lot smaller. Yeah. It becomes a lot smaller, and everybody is pretty much able to share ideas in real time as it happens. Right. So no one is left behind. It's just how yeah. fast are you adapting to it, and are you making good out of the information that you're obtaining? Yeah, and it it it, it makes uh, it works really good, but it, it requires a little bit of personal responsibility too, which oh yeah, and that, that's it's growing. It's, what you're explaining is growing over there, and it's, so it's that's, moving so fast. Like I, I can't seem even like keep up. it feels like here we're losing it, the personal responsibility, right. and on some of our younger generations, we're not getting as much of that. Is what I see. I see that so happening here. You know the cool thing when you say about that. I used to have conflicts with that because uh, there's that saying. You know, we used to do things this way, and this yeah. New new generation uh, doesn't get it, but if you take a step back and you try to understand how they operate and what they like, and you build things based on that, 
and you'll find like the connection is not that far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guess he's kind of seeing it. It's like where you were saying that you felt kind of personally responsible, you know, for maybe guilt, maybe not being able to help with stuff back home. And he's saying that maybe here, maybe they're not feeling as personally responsible for the growth of what's going yeah. on. That's kind of what he was kind of maybe. Because once they build it up and then I go back and I'm like, all right, uh, where do I fit in on this? Right. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> Were you kind of sheltered from kind of the war-torn parts? Yeah. In, okay. Yeah. That's good. Um, uh, when I was in South Africa, I mean, I saw a lot of uh, the racism. Uh, but just from my upbringing, I mean, the way I was brought up and the exposure that I had, I was a little bit naive on the subject. I was the dude, like, I went to, like, an all-white Jewish school. Because South Africa is pretty predominantly white, right? Um, some parts. Yeah. Like, mostly the wealthy areas. And there's a really big disparity on, uh, on, on the races. But when I got there, I was super naive, so I didn't, I, I, I didn't know. So yeah. like, I went to an all white like Jewish school, right? <laughs> it was called Crawford College. I was like the only black dude, <laughs> and I'm coming from Kenya, right? right? And we're in this like foreign African country, and they're dogging on me like Kenya is crap, <laughs> right? And the thing that saved me is I was good at soccer. <laughs> I was good at soccer, so... Uh, well, that's good. That's South Africa's uh, well, big on soccer. Yeah, once they saw the skills, uh, I made friends quick. Yeah, Everybody wants me on their team, and <laughs> before you know it, uh, I was cool, and um, I, I started, like, you know, making adjustments, and it actually opened up doors, so, like, the other black kids who I used to hang out with, they were more, like, before hesitant to like come hang out or play soccer with us, but yeah. then after a while they're like, "Hey, it's not that bad." Right. And I learn as I go. I'm like, okay, if I can do that in a small school like that, I mean, everywhere I go, um, I just don't acknowledge it or I don't let it get to my head. Or I mean, I can identify with it, but I don't make it an issue. Right. So, so it's, I don't want to get too much into racism, but yeah. The, do you feel that it was maybe worse there than it maybe is around some parts of the of America, or did you kind of feel like it was? Like, I guess how do you feel on that aspect of it? Uh, what I learned from it was the approach. Like, if if someone's racist, fine. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not gonna try and get into a fight to try to prove a point or to try to change a mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll keep my distance, right? Uh, because I know out there there's a lot more other people who are way nicer. Mm -hmm. To waste my time to try to convince something, someone who's already made up their mind is, uh, I could be doing other better things. Right. Yeah. I could I could be uh, associating myself with way better people, way more positive, good energy people. Right. And I get more out of that than trying to prove a point or try to change, you know, a, a certain mentality. So, um that's just how I've always operated. And to be honest, it actually has got me to where I am today. That's good. Because I've only lived in small towns. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I call it uh, divine guidance. <laughs> just go there and learn as much as you can. And uh, the good thing that comes out of it is um, once you understand, you can communicate a lot better mm -hmm. and you can relate. And once I noticed, I okay, I know what boundaries not to cross and what where not to go, and what, yeah. 
and everything is all good. It seems like a lot of competitive type stuff, like sports or just being high end, like stuff like that, is yeah. a great equalizer when it comes to that. People just realize, hey, you know, we're all the same. We're, oh, yeah. it's whatever. And and that's the cool thing. Like I I, I played soccer. I ran, I ran track and field in college, and the competitive aspect and just the way I approach life, thanks to sports. Because, and the, I know you, we don't see a lot of track and field, but you can learn a lot from track and field. Mm-hmm. Well, it's you by yourself, basically. I mean, it's, it's you. It's, yeah, it's, it's you by yourself. It's how you train. Yeah. Uh, it's how you, you, you. It's how you train. How you eat, and when you're on the field. And you're about to run a 400 or 200 meter. And I don't know how they came up with the design for this, but when you line up, right, there's a couple guys on your right, there's a couple guys on your left. The gun goes, and what determines how you'll perform on the race is how you practice. Right. And how you're running that day. So you can you could win that race, you could lose that race, but the next race, based on how you're seated, will be determined on how you practiced after that previous race. Right. And you have the same guys and the same outcome is expected. But then there's this shocking you oh can, my goodness. You, you can change it. Change yeah. the outcome. Yeah. You, know, you beat mm-hmm. someone else's best PR and uh, you move up, you move up, then now you're the guy who's being gone for. Everybody's by, coming for you. Yes. Yep. So yep. you want to train ten times harder. And that's just like the best example of life. Yeah. Right, we work really hard. You get to a certain point, and you think you can just sit back and you know. There's no, always somebody else coming. There's always there's somebody else coming. Always somebody trying to come for your spot. And that's how track and field is relatable to everything. Yeah, right. I do. yeah. That's, and going back, that's to, a good. Uh, and there's, there's good and bad people everywhere. Going back to kind of the, the whole racist vibes, you're gonna find that anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like one of those, and we say that all the time about you know good and bad people. They're yeah. just out there. I, mean, so. I I love everybody. Um, I'm. I try not to find any issues. I mean, there's a lot of people who'll hurt, who'll hurt your feelings and they'll hurt you. And uh, even during those circumstances, I still look for the good. I, I, regardless of what it is, I still yeah. look for the good. Uh, if there's a voice of reason and they allow the opportunity, yep, I'm open for that. But most of the time, uh, it's just best if not to ignore it, but just to stay away from it. Right. So makes sense. So take us through the journey from South Africa to the United States then. So then I came here, what, 2000, did high school uh, in Iowa City. And then from from Iowa City, I did a two-year stand at a community college and then transferred to Bethany College, West Virginia. I oh. love that place. Yeah. It was like small town, like <laughs> 90 people. <laughs> in, a, then, in a college town? Yeah, and then when school's open, uh, there'll be about... 1500 students. oh jeez we had nice. one bar <laughs> one grocery store <laughs> everywhere every, every everything was like 30 to 45 minutes away like you 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 love McDonald's McDonald's and up there cuz <laughs> can catch a ride to uh Wellsburg <laughs> it was it was a town huh. and uh but my first year I struggled cuz I didn't know anybody there um trying to understand the place how things operate and then dude by senior year i loved it i i i, I would go back there and i still know everybody well really. there's only 90 people yeah, so. yeah. there's only 90, 90 people so what did you study there um financial economics oh okay uh, uh 
I'm really good in economics. Um, you like numbers? Not really. I like trends. <laughs> I like trends there and graphs. Go. Yeah. You know, and economics runs every day in your life. Yeah. But yeah, I finished up in West Virginia, up Ohio Valley, right next to Pittsburgh, Ohio. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It's a nice place. So you just traveled quite a bit then. Yeah. And the good thing on that side of the country is everything's close. Yeah. Right? It's not long ways to yeah, everything. Yeah. Now you can take a bus four hours, you're in D.C. Once you get to D.C., I think it's two hours, you're in New Jersey, and then New York is right around the corner, and... That's why we'd go for spring break. <laughs> to New York? <laughs> yeah, nice. cold. Usually everybody goes south. Yeah. You, you went north. You can go to, uh, well, uh, is it North Carolina had a, uh, I forgot what it was called. It was like a, it was like a country concert. It's big. It's like, uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Oh, I can't think That's of it either. That's well, I don't, it's I huge. Don't it's out in big the field. One. Yeah. During spring break. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's kind of like the so kind of like Comstock windmill, yeah. Yeah. Comstock windmill field, festival. But, hey, they, Just they, go out there, drink beers, in the camper. They party hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's spring break. Country yeah. music fans know how to party. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the cool thing is, they party civil, in, a, in a civil way. Like, yeah. there's no fights. So it could be a crowd of like 5,000 people, and it's so organized and yeah. it's muddy, but. You're going to party, go play beer pong, and right. everybody's yeah. going to pass out, and the next morning, start it all over again. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's I, I love that. That was, that was a pretty cool time. Yeah. So from college, what what ended up, give us the path to coming to Norfolk. So I graduated, and then uh supposed to look for work. That was like during the 2007. So Financial crisis yeah. about hitting. You want to hear a cool story <laughs> about that? Yeah. So I was studying economics, and at the end of the year, you have to do your senior seminar, your senior project. And uh, my project was based off of uh, doing a, his business, business cycles and forecasting. And you had to like uh, put in, build a model. And at the time, I believe uh, the, the war in Iraq was going on and then yep. the government spending was up. And <clears throat> as I did my pro projections, right? And you have to run like regression analysis and all that and it'll enter, input your data and it'll draw up graphs for you. And my professor, I won't forget his name, Wilfred Sapler, cool dude, man. He helped me out a lot. And uh, when I was turning in my senior project to him, I'm like, hey, uh, based on my data here, it looks like it's projecting there's going to be a recession. And on the dates, like you have like your quarters, right? And I had it on September of uh, 2007. Dude. I graduate, right. and the next year, the housing yep. market and everything, everything and I'm like, holy crap, I did this in college. <laughs> I, I called it out. I can't publish it because it was a small school in West Virginia <laughs> where nobody knows. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, um, did you call your professor and say, hey, I need that back? <laughs> right. I, I, I haven't talked to him about that, but... <clears throat> you should. I should. I should. <laughs> so like, see, how many, how, how many days was I really off on uh, this thing? So. <laughs> But it's just weird how I see things. Uh, another weird thing, uh, I'll get back to uh, after fine, graduation, yeah. but when I used to run track and field, I remember like we'd be on the bus, and this is when, uh, what do you call that phone? The Motorola Razr had come out. Oh, yeah. 
and the iPod Nano. You remember that? Yep. I don't remember that one. I remember that because I had the Razer, the little skinny flip phone you're talking about. Yeah, but yep. they had the iPod Nano. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Because they came out with the big iPod. Oh, the music player. Yeah, they came out with a small one, right? Yeah. And um, I remember I went to a track meet, and I'm on the bus with a coach. I was sitting in front. His, his name was Coach Abdul. And I'm like, yo, Abdul, I have an idea. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm like, I have an idea. Man, every time we go to this track meet, I have to carry my wallet, my iPod, and my cell phone. Wouldn't it be cool if it was all in just like one piece of thing? <laughs> and fast forward today, yeah. what do you have on your phone? Yeah, your music, everything. your wallet. Your camera. <laughs> your everything. Camera. I did see it. And then a year later, Steve Jobs comes out yeah. with the iPhone. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I saw a... Uh... I saw a meme the other day that said uh, we're the last generation or, or something about there's a TikTok about if our generation we grew up with it's a good thing we grew up without uh, cell phone cameras because all the stupid shit we were done wasn't recorded. Right. I know, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I couldn't. Have, now everybody can record you doing mm -hmm. stupid shit. But, but yeah, and there was that 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 free. You know, you, you walk into a bar and you can be a fool and right. yeah. you leave home one of your friends to remind me, man, you a fool yesterday. You're like, yeah, right. <laughs> and like, yeah, you should have seen yourself. But now now you, they, now you right. see yourself. You see now yourself. you see yourself. <laughs> camera. And, you know. It was a better is, time, I think. Yeah. It was more it, to me because I grew up, we're kind of, so you would have been born in like 83, 84, 85, <laughs> yep. somewhere there. 84. 84. So I was born in 85. He's 87. 87. Yeah. So we're all the same age. And yeah, we're kind of that last generation. And like, you, you grew up with it, but without it. Like, yes. we kind of, we got into it a little bit. And so, Because yeah. that was a cool part of going out is right. to act the, the fool, freedom. Yeah. And then uh, you, you don't you look learn back from to your it. mistakes. Yeah. But now I went to a club and, dude, People are just standing. Yeah. On their phone. Yeah. Everybody's they're just the standing because, uh, you know, you got to keep your guard up. You don't want to end up. Yep. <laughs> and, and you're going out. Like, yeah. Right. So it's not really going out now. It's more like, I don't, I don't even know how to define it. It's kind of, it's weird. It's everything is changed. There's no privacy. Yeah. Right. You know, that was what nightclubs were. I studied nightclubs, man. Really? I don't know if you ever had the story of, uh, what was that place called? Uh, not Studio 54, Limelight. I've heard of it. I've yeah. heard of it. Right. Could you imagine if they had cell phones when <laughs> Limelight was there? Right. Like, right now, they just write stories about. Well, there's yeah. a documentary, but yeah. right. This, they would never act like that. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you can't anymore. Yeah. So they'll cancel you for anything anymore. Uh, but I mean, I guess that's where we are now. So yep. can't fight it. No, no, nope. you got to learn to uh, adapt, I guess. Adapt so yeah. or adjust, like you said, you just got to adjust and avoid it. And but yeah, uh, going back to so I graduated, the economy was bad. The two things you have to do when the economy is in that status is either you keep looking for work, but the longer you're out of the workforce, uh, less likely you're able to get a job because right. you, whatever degree you graduated, it's just not good as if it sits there for a year. So yeah. the other option was to go back to school. So uh, my sister was up in South Dakota at the time, and uh, <clears throat> she was working for uh, uh, it was a it was a native board, and she was a public health specialist. Okay, and in one of the offices, there was a guy that was uh, running their accounting farm there. So he offered me a job while I go back to school and. I went back to school and this accounting thing at the time was not looking pretty because <laughs> you go on the news and you're like, 
uh, this financial farm closed. This <laughs> other one closed, and I think Enron was going down. At yeah, the time. Enron was around that time too. Yeah. So you, Bear Stearns, you, all yeah. that stuff was yeah. happening. So my degree looks a little suspect if I'm looking for a job because <laughs> they tell me, "Hey, uh, we're actually laying people off." Right. So I went back to school, and because it wasn't looking pretty, I started bartending, and uh, I worked at a restaurant, and it was in a hotel. It's called the Radisson. Was, was that in Rapid City? Or? Yeah, in Rapid City. Okay. And uh, the coolest thing that came from there was was a, a really amazing group of people. Like, the owner was amazing. The management was dope. There was this Moroccan guy. Uh, he was trained by guys from the Ritz-Carlton. Oh, nice. So he taught me how to serve and sling cocktails and, like, the etiquette of things. And then I just loved it. Like, And then Rapid City is a tourist place. Yep. yep. So you just I enjoy walk. going to Rapid City. I like the town. Yeah. I really like going they've, to Rapid They've City. come a long way, yep. man. Like, <clears throat> but the exposure I got from there is what, like, has shaped me to what I'm doing now. And uh, that was, like, I think I learned a lot just from that than what I did in college. Like real, life real, yeah, life yeah, real life experiences. Real life experiences. The college was like just a fundamental, so mm. you can apply it when you're doing other things, or yeah. you can use it as a reference. But uh, as I kept working and I'm meeting like all sorts of talent, I'm like, man, how did you learn to do that? And how do you do that? And I mean, I remember this Jamel guy. People would come to his bar just to see him bartend. Really? Yeah. He was kind of show, like a show bartender type? He was just good at making drinks, and he had, like, this charisma that was just, like, it's yeah. boastful and arrogant, but it's also cool as hell. Yeah. Like, you want to be around it. Right. You know? It's so, fun to see that stuff. It's like drinking a show type of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So um, from there, I just switched my major to tourism, hospitality management, and I told myself, I am going to work in every cool joint that opens up. <laughs> So any cool bar that opened up, I was there. Yeah, nice. Because <laughs> I just wanted to know why is it there and why did this guy, yeah. you know. What made them successful? Yeah, or yeah. take the risk to set it up. And at the time, Rapid City, projects like that was, um, they were on hot off and they didn't make sense. But now, looking back, I'm, I mean, they're way ahead now. Yeah, right. So uh, while I was going to school, that's where I met my wife, and she got a job here, and we talked about who's going to move, and it was either sticking in Rapid City. She moved here and said, hey, it's a lot cheaper in Norfolk. Uh, so I came down, and I remember the first drive was coming through Norfolk Avenue, and you got, like, the trees and the lights, and it yeah. looked amazing. But then I was like, there's nothing in the storefront. <laughs> no. Right. You know, so people are missing out on how beautiful Norfolk is. Yeah, and if you're driving through Norfolk Avenue at 25 miles an hour, you can't really take it in. So, went home and I started drawing up a plan. I'm telling my wife, "Man, I'm gonna open up a joint in downtown Norfolk, and I'm gonna fill up those parking lots." <laughs> <laughs> and she's so, looking at me like, "You crazy?" I'm so like, at that no. point, you hadn't even done any chef work or nothing yet. No, I did a couple of chef things. <clears throat> did you? In, yeah, in Rapid City. So okay. First joint was uh, an Italian restaurant called Botticelli's. That was crazy. Uh, I'm sure. It was family owned, some mother, daughter, and yeah, they did big numbers. And yeah. I struggled in that kitchen because the volume we were doing. And then from there, I went to a, it's like a French style restaurant. It's called a wine cellar. 
the chef's name was uh, Pamela Light. She was pretty awesome. Uh, small restaurant. I think she only had like 20 tables. And we'd only open from 4 o'clock to 9. But like the dishes she put, it, put down was like super simple. Uh, the smallest kitchen you'll ever see. If you ever go to Rapid City, go to the wine cellar restaurant and Ask them nicely to show you the kitchen. It's the size of this room. I'm really? sure. That doesn't yeah, surprise there was me. no moving room. Like, during your shift, we're You're passing standing things. there? Yeah, we're just passing things. But <laughs> I saw that, and, you know, before you think, like, restaurant kitchens are supposed to be this ginormous line, and, yeah. you know, you have, like, 20 people in there. But, no, she was doing it in a small kitchen like that. So I took note. <laughs> right. And then from there, I went to uh, the corner exchange. So... She was owned by Chef MJ Adams, and she was a James Beard Award nominee. I didn't even know what those were at the time. But I know everybody wanted to eat at her restaurant, <laughs> and her style was different. She's only booked every day of the week. She only takes reservations, and hopefully if one cancels, then maybe a walk-in will fit in. But she was really nice. She was one of those, like, Guest comes in and she's full. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm full right now. But if you just go down the street, there's a couple of good restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I I learned a lot uh, French style from her for the dishes and wine. Sorry about that. You're okay. Uh, and wine, and then she closed. So she was done. Like by that time, she was just like, I'm 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 ready to get out of this business, and. I went to a couple of bodies of mine. We so I used to DJ. <laughs> that that's when I like, see you doing a little that. bit of everything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, I like the light, the nightlife. Like, yeah, that was the, that was the thing. Like yeah. that's where the excitement is. So you're a social butterfly type. Like you just like people being around a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so th yeah. those were my drinking days. So yeah. I was I was I wanted to be the life <laughs> of the party, but I also wanted to be able to. Make money uh, hold, doing it. Make money doing it and hold a conversation because uh, it takes a lot. Yeah, uh, it, it's a different like, it's a different world. Like, uh, you sleep during the day, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and when the sun goes down, that's when uh, every the work starts because yeah. people want to go out and eat. People want to go out and socialize and co have cocktails. And so, uh, well, I I was the I was DJing with a bunch of buddies and. Uh, they opened up a hookah bar called Ifrit's Hookah Lounge. And I, I worked there for a minute. And then uh, there's a restaurant, there's a hotel. It's called uh, Alex Johnson Hotel. They opened up a rooftop bar. It was oh. called Vortex. I was like, I need to bartend out there. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a gig there. A rooftop bar in uh, Sioux Falls? In Rapid City. Or Rapid City, yeah. I meant. Yeah. The Alex Johnson Hotel. It's called Vortex. Pretty nice bar. Like, it's super nice. Yeah. That was actually the first rooftop bar up there. Hmm. So there was that one. And then uh, I did uh, another stint. At, uh, if you've been to Rapid City, there's a place, uh, Main Street Square. And they finished that up. So Botticelli's and then across the street was a parking lot. But then they made it into a nice arena. arena and then there's like retail stores. Yeah. And there was a chef. His name was Pete. Uh, he really took a liking to like what my abilities were, cause at that at that time I was like killing it, like any any job, like I'd literally just walk in and then give me a gig, and uh, 
Like every every human being, you get cocky at some point, right? <laughs> right. So I let it get to my head. Hey, you guys need me now because I have this skill. And uh, Pete opened up a joint called Manchegos. And it was supposed to be like a Spanish tapas. And for Rapid City, it was a little bit too foreign because tapas style, it, it doesn't all come out at once. You got to like one plate at a time. And it struggled a little bit. And then... Uh, he sold it to the gentleman that owns the firehouse. I forgot what his name is. And then Pete also owned a restaurant called Delmonico Grill. So he was well-known chef. Yeah. And I remember when I was working at Manchego's, <laughs> uh, one of my shifts, I went out the previous night and I slept in and he calls me. Because most, most of the time I never miss work. But right. I was just like, oh, I don't need to go. Man, they're good. But... He, he saw something in me, <clears throat> like he called me, and he left me a voicemail. And he's like, yo, I don't appreciate you not showing up for your shift. And he was super disappointed. I've never pissed off anybody like that. <laughs> uh, but the way he left the voicemail, I didn't even call back. But then a few like years later, he ends up dying of cancer. and uh, That has stuck to me. Till today, like that voice, I told myself I will never put an employee and an employer in, in, in that situation to where they're that disappointed. Where it wasn't me. really the anger; it was the disappointment. It that was hurt a, you. Yeah, yeah. It, like he saw a lot of potential, but I was just uh, dicking around right. and not taking it seriously because I guess he he knew like there's uh, there's a promise in what I, I was capable of doing, and I was just like. I was young at the time. You know, when you're young, no one can tell you anything. Oh, yeah. I think you know right. all of it. So, um, right after that, uh, that's when now things start going left. You know, I'm just like, oh, I can go to work whenever and make a ki- kill it that day. And right. I don't have to go in. And the food culture, let me tell you, you Console culture was in the food culture before it even came in. Because sure. your reputation can tarnish in like a day. Right? Yeah. You know, because word goes around. If you're good, everybody knows like, yo, that guy over there, when he's working, you'll get the best out of it. Mm-hmm. But once the people get sick of, oh, Danny didn't come in today, or man, Danny's not performing well, he's hangover today, and... And they just start losing interest slowly and slowly and slowly to it, man. All the nice spots now, just like, nah, dude. <laughs> you don't want to deal with, yeah. we ain't going to deal with a headache type yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's when I realized, all right, now this partying thing is a little bit not manageable. So yeah. I took a step back. And uh, I remember going to a bar. And I sat down, and I was the dude, like, when you're on the ball, like, I want to make everybody happy, so I'm the dude, like, buying everybody shots and right. trying to get this part. I walk into, like, a quiet bar, and I'm like, <laughs> let's party, let's go. Button, line them up. <laughs> That's funny. And I'm like, button, line them up. Who's playing music tonight, you know? And I'd get the place going at, at my expense. Yeah. Right. So I remember one night, like, I walk into this joint, and I sat down, and um, I asked the bartender, hey, uh, that bottle up there, how much is a shot? And she's like, she was like, uh, 60 bucks. And I was like, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take a shot of that. And I don't know what kicked in, but 
I took the shot, and I was like, damn, that's 60 bucks. Right, just like that. Yeah. Right. I'm not full. I don't have any energy. I don't. I don't feel intelligent, and nothing changed after that. So I was like, "All right, that was my last shot," and I've never drank since then. And uh, I, I took my steps back, and uh, I got with a dude named Blake. Blake Edelman. He was a chef at uh, Mafia's and Cole. And I remember coming into him and. Still cocky, right? Because I've been cooking and I've worked with all these good chefs. I'm like, I can outcook this guy. Because there, there were two new restaurants. And I was like, I can cook this guy. And he humbled me good. Because <laughs> he put me in his kitchen. And <laughs> I guess he had hard that I was talking. Yeah. I was talking my shit. And I remember he's like, yo, daddy. So I have a party coming in. And... I needed to go to the store, get the seafood, get this, put a menu together, and knock it out. And over what time is the party? 5.30. It's 4 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man. That's funny. But, uh, you know, experiences like that and that exposure. But he took me under his wing, and I'd say, this time I'm not screwing it up. Yeah. And he showed me how to build menus, how to put dishes together. And then we started, uh, so it was a bar named Murphy's. And so, like, a, you are going to go back to that. You just, dis, like, he just di- didn't give you any guidance. just said, you go get whatever yeah. and make a menu for <laughs> a party in, <laughs> in an hour and a half. Like, yeah. just no idea what you're getting. <laughs> so you said, oh, I want to serve this, this, and this, yeah. basically, or what? Because I'd, I'd say I'd, 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 <clears throat> I'm able to cook him any day. Because he was a new guy. I don't know this guy, you know. So how did so, that party go? Uh, he helped me. <laughs> I, I, I remember he, he told me this called the duck. You know, like duck breasts have like the yeah. the, the, the the skin on top. Yeah. Like, yo, it's called that duck. I'm always there taking the skin off. Like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> but he helped oh, me out man. with that. And then he was like, all right. I, I learned my lesson, you know. So I started listening to what he's telling me. And I put the ego thing aside and said, maybe this guy can teach me more than I think I know. Yeah. And fast forward to today when I was doing 411, like when I was opening up 411, he was opening up his joint in uh, North Dakota. It's called 46 and North Pines, provincial. So uh, we still communicate. He, he, he checked on me. He was like, hey, you know, make sure you have this and this on your business plan and make sure your drawings look like this. And... I uh, sent me an Excel spreadsheet of how he was doing his, and I, you know, went in there and made mine, and I was like, yo, what do you think, Blake? He's like, yeah, I look good. So That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, that that's... I'm glad you told the story about the drinking, because I was going to ask you when you stopped drinking. So yeah. I'm glad you told the story. So that's kind of a cool story, though. You just took a $60 shot and was like, I'm done. Yeah, I was, done. A, I was like, man. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong taking a $60 shot. It's right. just... Uh, there's this it wasn't like, worth what you were wanting to do out of life. Right? Yeah, and so. there's, there's this value that people put on uh, things like that. Right. Material that, things. Material things. Like, to me, uh, like, I look back, like, me and my buddies would go to a bar, and uh, the whole night we're ordering bottle service. And I was like, oh. now I look back at it, and I'm like, damn. That's a lot of money. There's a lot of money, and... Well, not I mean, much came out of it. I'm not hanging out with them because everybody right. already went their own direction, doing their own thing. What their memories made, absolutely. I have no regrets. Right. Yeah. But I learned from that. And then there's a time for everything. I think right. I I outgrew it. And 
once you agree, I mean, can you imagine me right now in a club? I'd be like the oldest guy. I don't even know the dance moves. I don't even know the songs. You know, so but that was my time. So yeah. you know, I, I leave it for the young guys. Let them make those mistakes, and the ones who figure it out, they'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. So, but I'm always ready to take on like the responsibility Blake took on. When he knew to like, bring the next one or to, bring to the, find yeah. somebody that's got the ability to yeah, and that's what I do with my projects down downtown is right. to identify those guys who are in my position, and then you know. So going back to what you said about downtown, you drove down, saw how amazing it looked. Yeah, and the one thing I wanted to say is that you see a lot of people in town. Like when you're living in it, you don't always see the beauty. Yes. And that happens a lot, and and especially in Norfolk. I'm sure it happens everywhere, but you see it a lot in Norfolk. How people yeah. just don't um, see the beauty and things. And you drove down and you saw that. So, walk us through any kind of hurdles you had opening for Eleven. Any kind of you know problems that came you know arise. Why why did you want to do it in the first place? Um, it felt right at the time. And it was one of those, like, what before I even started doing the planning, I, uh, so I'd come down here to check out Norfolk when my wife moved out. And I was here for, I believe, two months. And that was back in 2014. And Blackout opened right around that time. And <clears throat> I think we were, I was there for day one, like, when they flipped the gas and everything. And... While I was working there, uh, I think I did like a month. And then I, I went back to uh, Rapid City. And when I went back, I went back to Murphy's and did two-year stint working with Blake. And uh, I was confident enough, like, where my skill was when I left and came back two years later. Uh, got, got back to the line on Black Cow and... I loved it. It was cool. Uh, it was a good place to work. Uh, it's busy. I like that uh, that adrenaline rush of the other line and, yeah. you know, getting bucked up and digging yourself out of that hole. I, I like that challenge. It's addictive. Like, you know, and, but as I was doing it, uh, there was always something in the back of my mind asking me, like, so with this knowledge and this skill, right, uh, what else can I do with it? Okay. And I had menus and recipes that I wanted to share with other people. And I don't mind doing specials in someone else's restaurant, but if I can put a name, my name on the dishes that I'm putting out, uh, it says a lot. Yeah. And that was the challenge I was up for. So you were like making specials over at Black Cow Fat Pig to also? Yeah. And yeah. Un, under black cow fat pig, but they were your your recipe. Your and design. I probably knew this, yeah. but I didn't. I guess I didn't remember that you worked there. That's my bad. I well, not a lot of people knew I worked there because I was I was I was a quiet guy. I was yeah. new in town, and I didn't have a lot of friends. It was just my wife and I, and that was pretty much it. But I was set. Like I knew um, with my background in Rapid City and working all those small mm -hmm. restaurants, it was just now uh, scouting for the right space. Right. Right. And if I can take what they're doing over there and place it in the right spot. And downtown Norfolk and downtown Rapid City are pretty similar. They have two main streets going uh, the opposite way. And, like, the layout is exactly the same. Yeah. So uh, just 
went back home and I started like drawing up like the plan and how I want everything to look at look like and the space and I looked at a couple of buildings talked to a couple of owners and then um one day I was leaving Black Cow after the shift and I was driving by Norfolk Avenue in the space where 411's at was uh in the middle of a demo process and there was a big you know for rent sign and a phone number so I called the number and uh, some guy answers is like, "Hey, how can I help you?" I'm like, uh, my name is Danny. Uh, I'm interested in the space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta uh, start somewhere. Yeah, yep. you gotta start somewhere because I didn't have any background on how any of that works. Yeah, right. You know, so like, hey, but I'm just in- making the phone call. Yeah, yeah, just making the phone call. You know, two things can come out. They can say yes, and they can say no. I got a lot of no's. Uh, a lot of. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking about, but that doesn't work here type <laughs> deal. But uh, so I make the phone call and uh, we set up a meeting. Uh, so I come in and stall guy wearing glasses. He's like, hey, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, it's Russ Wilcox. Uh, my name is Danny. He's like, so how can I help you, bud? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, I came in last night and they were in the middle of demo and I walked around the space because the guys were nice enough to let me in and I think I like the space and I'd like to put a restaurant in here so I think while they were doing the demo there was no uh, set set plan, plan for yep. what it was going to be because there was two spaces and they have two different addresses so I come in and I'm sitting here talking about I want to do a restaurant in here and they had not envisioned a restaurant in there so I was like let me tell you, I see a bar in the middle, yeah. <laughs> I see a kitchen over here, and I see bathrooms over there. That was it. Yeah. And big windows. Well, original plan was it was supposed to be those bifold windows, so it opens yeah. up to the sidewalk, because I wanted people to experience that feel of the downtown right. walk and the trees and all that. And he's like, you know, this is Nebraska, right? We got flies. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about just big windows? I'm like, all right. <laughs> But, yeah, he was cool, and he was like, hey, he hooked me up with a dude named Lauren Kuchera, put the business plan together, and started looking for funds. And uh, long story short, we're, we're here today. Uh, wasn't the best time to do it? Yes. I know a lot of people say, you know, COVID helped uh, mess up a lot of restaurants. But for me, it actually uh, helped me out a lot. So you guys did delivery. Yeah, but... Funny thing about that delivery thing, uh, it wasn't even in the plan. And just the same way COVID wasn't on in the plan. Yeah. But uh, we, opened, we opened, what, October 19? Yeah, I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. If uh, Just a little going down memory lane. I was actually there for your first party. For Wyland had their 35th anniversary. Oh, is that the one we brought? You guys brought tables. <laughs> it might have been. I can't remember. But we well, didn't have tables. <laughs> my, yet? my first, my first sale at 411. Uh, yeah, that was hard. Had... She she called me and she was like, "I I want to have a party there." I'm like, "My furniture's not even here yet. We'll bring tables." <laughs> it was a good time. I'd, uh, and I'm like, salmon. It was really yeah. really good. So they brought their own tables, chairs, and. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll use this time to teach the kitchen guys how to put everything together. Right. And I had Because you didn't have a liquor license yet at that time. No, I didn't have a liquor license yet. It was like soda. (laughs) Where did we all get? We got our alcohol somewhere. I don't even remember. 
I don't remember what it was, but I knew we couldn't drink there when we were. Yeah. So everybody went, went and got pretty hammered before we came <laughs> yeah. to, came but to it the went, party. But it went well. Like, uh, yeah. I had a dude from, so at the time, like, to get personnel, uh, I tried to help out the dudes from the halfway house, right? Because I could relate, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, they go through, like, yeah. uh, all sorts of shenanigans. But there's a dude, uh, what was his name? I think his name was Mike. I, I know. I know. I know Michael. Michael, you know? Yeah, Dude, he's, he's okay. My, Michael's my cousin. No way. Yeah. Okay. So I, Michael is a legend. I don't care what he says. Michael's a really says. good cook. He's, he's a, a really good cook. Because So I had all these guys from the halfway house, and then he walks in through the back door when I'm having a meeting, and he's like, hey, what's up? My name is Michael. And I'm like, all right, um, do this paperwork, blah, blah, blah. And I give him the menu. And... He prepped the whole menu. He's good. He's in a good one cook. day, he showed everybody how to put it together. Uh, once the truck came, and the reason why we were able to do that party, because it was on the, I believe it was on a Saturday or Sunday. It was on a weekend. That's all on, I remember, yeah. yeah. And, and he was there for that party yeah, that we were cause, in. Yeah, because he prepped that party, and then it was like, dude, uh, we could open even on Monday. <laughs> I was like, yeah, my man. But then, so we we did that, and uh, fast forward to today, uh, it is what it is. But well, going back to uh, October, right? So yep. We opened up in October, and then COVID happens. But when you open a new restaurant, you normally get that rush of people. Everybody wants to try it right away. Everybody wants to try it once away, right away, and you have all these people working that are not experienced. You're trying to create a, a model that works and to get everybody to beat the same drum, uh that first was it four four three months? That first three months it was just pure chaos. Firing people left and right <laughs> and uh trying to get everybody to like, you know, understand the concept because it was very foreign and I mean we were just well, you had a lot of you had a unique dishes. Yes. You were doing a lot of unique dishes yes. that is different for this area. And you were putting you were putting in a lot of hours. Oh yeah, yeah. I was there like I remember like five thirty in the morning, oh till midnight. Well, then you cook through rush, and then you sit at the bar and do the order for the next. Yeah, I remember you sitting there and just. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah. uh, so when COVID happened, it slowed things down for me. Right. So yeah. now. Because we were closed for, I believe, a month or two. So that now, I took all that experience and all the data I had from those first opening months. And I said, okay, now I know what to fix. And you could focus on certain things. Yep. So I brought the kitchen guys back. And I said, all right, you guys are going to be cooking. And uh, I think we laid off all the servers because we we weren't taking any tables. And I go home and my wife just finished the website. And it was on a Sunday. She finished the website, and then we had, like, this uh, app that the POS system uses. It's called uh, Smart Online Order. So it links up with uh, Wix and gives you an option for online ordering. And this is before COVID. Um, Right. So while she's making everything and she puts the buttons, I was like, I think we can do online ordering. It'd be cool if someone could just order steak 
Because every time you want something delivered, it's just pizza. Pizza. You or, know. Yeah. It'd be nice to have a burger ordered to you and you just, you know, have it right at your door. And then I tell her, send that order. I'm going to drive to the restaurant and see if it shows up in the kitchen. <laughs> and I get there and I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> we are doing deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. So, and this is before COVID. So I remember putting a sign up, hey. You know, we can do deliveries. And those people were making fun. I'm like, why would I deliver a burger? Why would I have a burger, you know, a steak delivered to me when I can just go to the restaurant? Yeah. Then COVID happens. So now and everybody's doing it now. The system so. is already in place. So it was really easy to just, you know, yeah. tell the kitchen, you guys cook a server. You can run the deliveries or put the bags together, uh, the takeouts and that. So while that's happening, I'm training the kitchen guys now to uh, the workflow, ticket times, and the prep, and trying yeah. to get the logistics down. And how basically practicing, like you so talked about, your practice benefited yeah. you. So, yeah, because back in the day, restaurants didn't get that chance. It was right. like, you just have to tough it through, and go. yeah. And huh. uh, so that break, like, <laughs> it helped out a lot, so, but... That's cool. That's really good. I mean, we don't, we haven't we've had a few people say that that COVID was a was a not decent a benefit, thing. but it was a decent thing for them. And that's another cool story that COVID actually did help you out because it slowed everything down and let you kind of yeah lay the lay the groundwork for what you were gonna do. It's it, kind of like it, having a soft opening, basically. Yeah. Like yeah. you soft opened and you you saw what worked, what didn't work, and then you had a chance to just refocus. Yeah. And okay, this is what we need to go. And then they way. also had those uh, those grants like the. Employee retention credit oh, yeah. and all that. Yeah, do you take I, advantage of that? Thing? I use that to train people because right. without that, back in the day, uh, you would have to come out of your pocket for training. Well, yeah, because you would just, yeah. but you would just opened. So like yeah. you, you weren't you weren't open for long enough to have like a a, a fund to be able to, to pay your staff. You yeah, know? so that helped. I use all that to train people, and I made sure they were trained well. So because they they want to just come in and uh, and work and not know if they're gonna you know get paid during covid yeah. so i just told him yo you're good just show up uh get better the ones i don't want to uh take this seriously i really don't have to keep them but the ones that are sticking around be good because we'll be partners in this together yes you, you treat me well i'm gonna treat you well yeah. if you don't treat me well then so it's, you're gonna find out you're, you're you're on your own have you had much turnover on the kitchen staff yeah that's it yeah, it's everywhere <laughs> it's everywhere um I, I, one thing I always tell the crew in the restaurant is uh, this is not a lifetime job. This is a job that you're doing while you're waiting for something good to come through. Right. Right. So, but while you're doing it, I will give you the exposure and I'll give you all the resources you need. So when something good comes around, you're well prepared. Yeah. You know. So it seems. It seems. I just looking at your social media posts. It seems like you have the same. Must be your same like wait staff or bartenders or everything. The ones that kind of run your social media been with you for quite a while. It seems yes. like I see them on yeah. there a lot. Uh, they've come a long way. Uh, I learned it was easier for me to train a bartender than to hire a bartender because a seasoned bartender um, they want to duplicate what they've already known. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not open to new. Th- ideas and the bar we run on 411 is not an easy bar because those girls build those cocktails right you know there's a recipe they're more of a mixologist type yes bartender you know so uh you don't want to over serve the way it's burning 
and you don't also want to disguise the flavor because uh, if you come, my goal is not to get people drunk. Yeah. You know, I want people to have a, a cocktail. I, I'm not there to try and sell 20 cocktails to one person. I could rather sell two really, really good, well-made cocktails and get the gratification out of that. It's more of the experience yes. you know, type of deal, like flavor experience. Yeah. It's the experience, and it's also uh, social responsibility that falls on me, yeah. right? Right? Because I know um, liquor is it, it, liquor is good, right? But it also has its limits, yeah. right? And I, I, I'm, as long as I'm doing what I'm doing, I don't want to have the guilt being that uh, we're no for kids right now. And from when I came in and I started, right? Uh, if I came in with the mentality, I want to just come and get everybody drunk every night, mm -hmm. right? I'm not helping. Yeah. Right? right? Like, you know how college towns are. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. right. So, uh, but if I can moderate it and show people there's also another way of enjoying cocktails beyond, you know, yeah. just getting plastered and calling it a really good night. Right. So there's that part. And uh, I know the effects of alcohol. And uh, I have to play a responsible role on how I serve it. And there's right. two ways that I had to choose, and I had to choose a more uh, responsible and... Uh, well-organized way to where when you indulge in it, it is for leisure and yeah. to create chaos. Right. So hmm. Makes sense. I like that. And you're more of a restaurant anyways, so like you're not a, you're not a bar. Yeah. I mean, and you have a well-crafted well restaurant too. Yeah. 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 But it's, I, it's an experience, yeah. But right now I have like what, two bars downtown. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. uh, and this is also like when I was in Iowa City, I remember there was this one dude, he had, he had like six other bars on the college town. And in a given weekend, like, there was either three bar fights right. on each bar and a uh, couple of citations here and there, yeah. here and there. Then you ask yourself, like, so Why do you what is his role? Yeah. yeah. Does right. he care, you know, if some kid went got beat up in his bar to a pub? Like, what is his role? Is he able to control that? Because the moment he's not able to control that, then he's in the business for the wrong idea. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I like that. And, yeah, we, you talk about having two places. The atmosphere in both of them is it's a laid-back atmosphere. Yeah. It doesn't put you on edge. It puts you at a calming, right. like you said, drinking for leisure type of yeah. thing. So. Um, you okay with taking a quick pause? Yeah, man. Okay, cool. All right, we're back. We're going to head to... Take a little break, you know me. About an hour in, I gotta pee. <laughs> so, uh, but going back to your to your cocktails and 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 you really like fashion those like they're they're well made cocktails. Yes. So it, it's an art. It takes a while. Um, going back, you kind of said, do you, do you have any staffing issues? Like, do you have a lot of turnover? I know restaurants have it, but is there a lot of turnover there? Uh, there's a lot of turnover, but uh. I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily term it as a, a stuffing issue. To okay. me, it's uh, finding the right people that I'm able to share the vision with, mm -hmm. and then line with it, and then taking it and running with it. So uh, every personnel that I have up to now, uh, 
they've kind of embodied this vision. We share one common goal, right? And they understand it. And it's not forced. It's not forced, right? right. It's organic. It's uh, it's mutual. And the funny thing is I've had people try to challenge it. You know, they'll come like your in. your staff, you mean? Yeah, they'll come in and not have an idea or an understanding of what we're doing. And then they have, they have conflicts with that. So, yeah, I'll give you an example. Someone comes in and they want to work at, you know, 411 as a server. They're expecting uh, the typical restaurant environment where there's one guy and he leads the sheep. But my approach is different from that. I give them the tools, I give them the training they need, and I tell them uh, the reason why, I don't know if you come to any of the joints, none of the staff wears uniforms. Yep. And the reason why I tell them not to wear uniforms and to dress the way they always dress is I want them to maintain their identity and I want people to be able to relate to them as an individual because I work places where you know, and it, it's there's nothing wrong with it. But I work places where you know, you give you they give you a uniform and a uh, a name tag, and while you're in there, that's what you identify with. Because everybody looks the same at that point. Everybody <laughs> looks the same, but the moment you walk out, uh, a customer who was there every day might not even recognize yeah, you because you're wearing something different. Because you're wearing something different. So I want I want the staff's personality to, sh to, to, to show. And the reason why I thought that was the best approach is uh, coming, coming to a place like Norfolk where I, I don't know how things operate. I don't know uh, what the, the, the culture, how things are. Uh, that is the best way to showcase a community is those individuals, how they dress, how they talk, and how they conduct themselves. And when it's just pure like that, it means more. So you'd have people coming in and they have conflicts. It's like, uh, so you want me to come in, dress the way I dress, and perform in a professional manner? Yes. Because not only does it highlight who you are, but it also showcases your potential that can be overlooked when you go to other businesses. Because I remember working at a lot of bars and that's how I was able to network. Because someone would come in and be yeah. like, hey man, I know you're slinging drinks, but I had a job that I think you'd be really good at. Yeah, you know, Because they see who I am and they put me in that particular environment. And that's what I try to encourage. And most people would have conflicts with that because they're used to the regular restaurant regime where there's only one person running this show and we just follow. But at 411, I tell them, uh, <laughs> what do we call it? Uh, distributive authority. Right. So yeah. I'm not the only one with the ideas. I'm not the only one with the uh, creativity. It is... A, collectively, yeah. everyone, and we'll tap into each and every individual's best. I could see, I could also see, like, not doing the, uh, <clears throat> if you're doing, if somebody was in a uniform, it creates a 
less uh, personal responsibility, whereas uh, yeah. you're just kind of like you're hiding behind that uniform. Whereas if yeah. you haven't, if you're not wearing your food, you give them. It's your responsibility to wear what you normally wear. Yeah. Just don't come up and look. Don't come in looking like I'm not going to allow you to look. You know yeah. that, that type of thing. So it creates a little bit of personal responsibility to take take pride in yourself. Yes, and what you what you are putting out to the world. Yeah. And and you can take that in your job. You can take that at your personal life. You can in that. I like that. That helps build. I like that. I think that builds their character yeah. and stuff. I, I like you doing that. Yep. Uh, um, I know you're not. You're not a big fan of social media. Uh, used to be. <coughs> yeah. Like back in MySpace days. <laughs> oh, MySpace. <laughs> oh, my you see my MySpace page. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have music on yours? Yeah, music, I had music on mine. I had, I had like Kobe Bryant on there. Uh, you're the mamba. Yeah, that MySpace was that was that was my social. MySpace was dope, yeah. And then, dude, I remember when Facebook came out, and it was only on uh, college uh, campus. College campus. I got mine at UNL. I was at UNL, (laughs) and that's the only place you could have (laughs) it. It was colleges. And then, uh, man, once it went, uh, I don't know. I I lost track. It kind of went crazy after that. Yeah. So. Do you see any of the posts that pop up about 411 at all, or do you see much on social media? I've, I've heard of one. I think I made someone angry, and it wasn't intentional. Right. It was just me doing what I feel is the right thing to do. Can you, right. do you know what, which one was that? Yeah, it's the, um, the sticker on the window for mm. no guns. So we would love no. for you to. Explain your philosophy on that one. Well, like I said, I have a social responsibility. Yep. Right. As I'm conducting commerce. Right. And I don't have any issue. It is the guilt. Right. Right. You don't have to wait for a situation to happen to learn from the guilt because that's a button that you can avoid to wear if you can avoid it right yeah so uh in an establishment where uh my main thing is i want people to eat the food we cook and to indulge in the cocktails that's it yeah it doesn't matter anything else right right and The firearm thing, you can, I don't care if anyone brings in a firearm. I don't care if anyone doesn't bring in a firearm. I was going to comment on that post, and I was going to say, people could care when he's not going to like be patting people down. Yeah, yeah I th- but but yeah, you, you but, go ahead. But, you go ahead. But check this out. I'm just writing a uh, a, a scenario, right? Yeah. Uh, someone walks in with a firearm, and people are a little edgy nowadays. Because I've had customers yell at me because I didn't want to soft ketchup. <laughs> and let me tell you, they were pissed because, you know, I didn't soft ketchup, so I brought ketchup. That's all right. Up, I think know? ketchup but, is trash but, anyway. So. But, but you know what I mean? Like, I've yeah. had customers that would come in so. and they're pissed because the server is not living up to par with service. Yeah. And they're angry. And they're angry. Right? I can get that. And in an environment where I'm serving alcohol, poor judgment. Is there, yeah. right? And 
let's just say out of out of anger. On the worst right? worst case scenario. On the worst case yeah. scenario, uh, something bad was to happen. Okay. Justified or not justified? I have to live with it. Yeah. Right. So what I'm saying is, uh, when You're it comes down, it says, yeah, it just says, look, I acknowledged it, right? But I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that it, it shouldn't be yeah. allowed, right? Right. I'm just acknowledging it. So if people question and say, how could you let this happen in your premises? Like, look, I got I'm taking notice. Yeah. Right. You're watching yeah. your liability. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And I'm saying, look, I'm aware yeah. of the situation, but I'm giving people an option. Yeah. Yeah. Yes or no. Yep. But I'm, it, and that's pretty much it. But in terms of like getting into a response or anything like that, I don't think it's needed. Because no. it's out of the realm of what I do. But you own the yeah. place. It's your, it's, yeah. It's your choice. Yeah. But I, I'm sharing it with the public. Yeah. Right. right. Gotcha. And I also want the public to feel uh, accommodated in there. Yep. And as if you ever come into any of the joints, one, they're not uh, particular on who comes in. Uh, if you look at my staff, I have a very diverse staff. I've always preached on uh, having a very diverse staff, and it's going back to, like, that uniform policy. You yep. know, there might be people who can't even afford to, you know, buy the nice expensive clothes, but they can still come to work because they can wear what they can afford. Yep. Right. And look presentable. And like look presentable. And I've seen people in there with suits, and I've seen them yeah. sit next to someone who just got done with their construction job, and it doesn't matter. Yep. Right. At the end of the day, uh, they all eat the same way. Yep. Right. I'm just offering an environment where it's, it's more comfortable to do it in a nice setting. Right. And it's all inclusive. Because the moment I close up that and just having all uh add like exclusivity i'm leaving people out right yeah. right and i've never done that so yeah. uh and that's why i never felt the need to respond because i know what i'm doing we weren't trying to beat you up on it no i'm not and it's not no, I, 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 I wanted to give you a platform yeah to be able to give you a response if you wanted to yeah but at the end of the day because i know you so i i know yeah. i know that it wasn't like a, a malicious thing against the second amendment or no right? I, I think it was taken out of context <laughs> yeah. one and it was publicity it, it, well, <laughs> it got people talking yeah, for yeah, you i were, was kind of mad because uh all, all pl bad publicity is good publicity. Yes, we say that all, yeah. we say that all but the time. you know what I took from that? I, because uh, trying to remember, someone someone sent it to me and I looked at it, and I I read through all the comments. I did too. And they're beneficial comments because that is data that I didn't have right. that I can take, download, and say, okay, uh, I think we need to fix service because uh, doesn't look like service is yeah. good. Uh, That's what I was going to too. And I will look at it as the service thing. I don't, I don't really care. I mean, I, I've been to everywhere and had bad service at a time. Maybe it was just right. a bad time. But I, I don't go and post. I don't go and I've post never bitched about bad yeah. service. I, I, don't, I don't like that. I just on to the next one. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But to me, it's uh, it's useful information. Yeah. Right. And it's right. good I don't to know for you. Because yeah. back in the day, you didn't have that data. Right. So uh, you're sitting there and, and that, that's a, the only good thing that comes out. Uh, social media is the data is available right right away right away and you can fix it right away. So what I did was hey, hey 
about the crew together and I was like, hey, man, there's some people really mad about service. I know you do good service, but I think we can step it up a notch a little bit. And yep. they were like, yo, yeah, that's not cool. Like, yeah, man, you know, we're representing Norfolk, and if we're going to represent, uh, we won't make everybody happy, but I think we can try and persuade mm-hmm. yeah. that we are capable of doing things right. And I'm not perfect, right? Neither am I. All it uh, takes as, is. Mm-hmm. Neither uh, are the crew, but yeah. the one thing I took out of the way that I have to show is, regardless of the differences, I'm still listening. Yeah, right. And I'm acting upon it. And right. the way I'm acting upon it is it's not going to take away, you know, this happening to someone yeah. else or happening again, right? But if I have the blueprint on how to approach it to where yeah. uh, it is not causing conflict or it's it's not disrupting the order that's there. Yeah. I'm huge on that. Like as a supervisor, I'm an assistant supervisor, but yeah. I'm huge on... Because I mess up. I'm not perfect, yeah. but I'll own it if I yeah. mess up. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I'm going to do better. Yeah. I don't want to hear excuses. I don't want to hear blaming somebody else. If you're going to, if I say, hey, this is what happened, yeah. can we do something better? And somebody says, yeah, I, I can work at that. Yeah, maybe I messed yeah. that up. Maybe I did this. Maybe I did that. And that sounds like what when you talk to your staff, that's what you're you're saying they did. Like, yeah, maybe we're a little bit slower. We can do better and we'll work yeah. harder at it. And I I respect that out of people. Like that tells me you're a good person if I hear that from it's a, you. It's a good source of encouragement because you know what would bother me the most? <clears throat> if everybody every day is walking around telling you how good you're doing <laughs> every day yeah. right? and you're walking around thinking, man, I make no errors because I'm And that first perfect, error is going to hurt you. Know? you. But yeah. in I like, in hindsight, uh, you might be missing out on, because when someone tells you you're doing this wrong, Gives you a chance to fix it. It gives me a chance to fix it. And while I'm fixing it, I will learn a new system on doing things that I would not have known until someone told me, hey, you're doing this wrong. Yeah. And I'll tell you to date, like from since I got into this venture, even like back in my cooking days down in Rapid City, every time someone told me I'm doing wrong, I'll go and try to learn how to fix it. And while I'm learning how to fix it, I'll gather other new information and be like, Oh man! On top of this, now I got this new stuff. Yeah, that right. I can you know add to it. So it's it, growth. It's, yeah, it's huge it's growth. growth. So I wish we could have two hundred comments on a post about us. <laughs> really? So, well, I didn't even know I had that influence. That you know, I was very. There I'm was very, almost two hundred comments on that post. Yeah, isn't that crazy? For 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 and against. So yeah. I mean, it was. But till today, I'll be honest with you. To me, uh. 411 is not that big of a deal. It's like a good it, place. I don't I don't feel it. Yeah, I I don't feel it that way yeah. and I don't let it I don't let I don't let myself feel it that way cuz I know the moment I I get to that point um uh, it'll disrupt and it'll create it'll create uh It'll create chaos. Yeah, yeah. kind of like we talked earlier, you said there's always somebody coming. Yeah. yeah. So if you just get complacent and somebody else is going to come in and, and very, be better. Yeah, you're so a very humble guy, though. But, it, yeah, you have to have that self-control. Because yeah. my come up, I remember um, all the good chefs. Yeah. They were mean and cocky. Right. Yeah. You know? They were they were, they were were to be feared. It's the same thing as a doctor, though. We talked about that with Jose yeah. Nino. Yeah. That yeah. I want my doctor, I want my chef to be a little cocky because then I know they know what they're doing. 
well, no. a little cocky, but humble. Right. Humble, yeah, but humble, humble yeah. yeah. But those days is gone. Like, I've worked in kitchens where, like, yo, the chef would walk in and he's about to punch everybody in the line. <laughs> right. And just the way they talk. And yeah. uh, we, we are past that. You know, like, what's, what's that show with the dude? Uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, that's just. That's a TV show. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no way you can tell me people can cook like that under pressure and perform well. Right. Yeah. And 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 the reason why when you come to four eleven you'll see I have an open kitchen because for the longest time I was working in good restaurants and the guest doesn't even know like what's what, going on. What's going I on like back the there? Open kitchen and concept. You, you, the cooks don't get the exposure other than oh uh, we'll just put like a social media tag of look at the mm. guys on the line and this is what happens right right well uh if you peel back those layers and let the guests be also a part of what's going on in the kitchen mm-hmm. uh not only does it help the 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 kitchen stuff to have a purpose right but they're also rewarded because they're part of the dining service that night. Right? Yeah. The interaction with the servers, the staff. The, 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 sometimes I have guests come by and tell them, hey, good job. You never get that when the kitchen's closed. Right. Yeah. Right? They they'll they'll send you a letter. I remember like, they'd yeah. give us a letter. Hey, t- t- tell the cook. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes the servers is like so busy and they forget. And they forget and, to tell you know, them. But yeah. it's just those small things that... Um, gives someone the energy to want to come back tomorrow. Yeah. Right? And live up to it. Ownership. And, yes. It creates ownership. So, um, but other than that, uh, I think that's all I got to say about that subject. <laughs> and if if it makes anything cool, calm, and collected, if I can say, hey, out of the 200 comments... I'm sorry if you're mad. Uh, I've moved on from it. And progress doesn't stop. Yeah. Right. Right. Progress and I do want people stop. to know that we already had you scheduled before Christmas. So this is not because of the post either. Yep. No. Well, yeah. We, 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 about we, already had, we already had you scheduled. So I guess I was supposed sure. to discuss it. I was supposed to do. The way don't don't ever engage on social media. So it's a good place. You're on a good platform to be able to give your opinion. Engaging on there would have been. I don't think it would have been for the for the good. But well, I don't even know what I would have written. Like, right, I would be like, oh, which one? Would, who, who, I, don't, I don't even remember what the complaint was. I think it was this obvious. Which I, I well, get. it wasn't the service. So they said the service was good. Yeah. They, they said that the the wait time for the food was quite a while with the. And they said the, and you never know because they, they said the restaurant wasn't very full. Yeah, you, know, you never. But know. that you never know what other people ordered. Yeah. And then they talked about the sign. Yeah. So that was what it was. They said the service was actually good. So that's why it was, I was just long wait time. I, I didn't know which one they wanted me to discuss first. Was it the service yeah. part or right. the sign part? because if I put them together, then I'm talking about two different things in right. one yeah. topic. Right. Uh, but other than that, uh, I hope they forgive me. <laughs> And we can move on. Give, us, a, give us your second chance. It, yeah. Well, it's not even a second chance. Like well, I want, a lot of it, people it, said they weren't going to come anyway. It's like, well, then why yeah, the post? But, like, but why'd you post. say anything? But here, here's the thing: it, um, this is a very small town, right? Yeah. And the reason why I'm saying, like, I hope we we're on cool terms is, uh, well, we are. I, yeah. Well, <laughs> with all the other 200 yeah, people, yeah, yeah. right? 
um i don't know i don't even think i know half of the people on there and uh if they see me on the street like we're cool right? yeah you know there's there's nothing i think uh, a lot of people and that's true that's the way it is. <clears throat> i wouldn't think you have anything to worry about a lot of people do get a little bit of bravado people um, can hide behind their keyboard behind a keyboard yeah but i mean it's i mean i'll I'll still run into someone and be like, hey, what's up? I don't want him to be angry at me for, you know, uh, yeah. for a sign when we can still have, like, a civil conversation right. and just be cool and, you know, have have a beer or just just chat, you yeah. know? Because right. uh, at the end of the day, here's what I'm taking from. Uh, this, is a this is a really nice community. Very, right? yeah. And... I see a lot of potential, and if we can approach it in a more friendlier manner and embrace, just a civil manner, yeah, yeah. And, and just embrace. Like, look, healthy, a healthy debate is a good thing. Yeah, yeah but healthy person debate. to person yeah. debate. Like, but, not even I, I know debate sounds combative, yeah. but it's more conversation. Healthy debate conversation. Um, differencing of ideas, you can have differing yeah. opinions yes. and have a good conversation. Yeah, because this is the recipe. It's not that hard. This is why I say it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, I'm not from here. Right, I'm from Kenya. Yeah, I came in a place where I didn't know anybody. Yeah, and you made it work. And I set Successful. up shop. Right, and we can sit down like this and chop it up mutually. With different backgrounds, yeah. So it's not that he's it's not that hard, right? And it's not. I've never impossible. left America, but so. do, 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 but do you see what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah we see. So, so that's why I'm trying to say, like, this is it, other places. It might be really hard because uh, people are going through a lot and they're yeah. just like tired of each other and they're angry. People and get fed. They, they get fed a lot of information that you need to hate this person. You need yeah. to hate this person. I think we're really lucky here and. And that's kind of what, like, Zach, we like this touching basis. We're trying to say, hey, we have a good community here in this area, this region. We're a really nice region if we just listen to each other. And that, and that's something that's marketable. Because the reason why I'm saying this is I remember, like, uh, I called my buddy and I was like, yo, I'm, I'm in Norfolk. Where is that at? I'm like, oh, it's a town of 2,500. Oh, cool. Uh, thinking of opening up a restaurant there. And the first thing was like, are there any black people there? I'm like, no. <laughs> right? There's a few. 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 Yeah. But, we've got but, one on the city council. But do you know what, what he's going by that yeah. is? Yeah. How are you going to fit in there? Right. Right? I Yeah. I don't think it matters, though, in my yeah. opinion. In my opinion, it doesn't matter. But yeah. obviously, there's going to be some people, some people that, that would. It's but like, be a like I with. say, I always like a challenge. I want to prove myself <laughs> yeah. wrong. Right. right? Yeah. So... Was I a little bit skeptical about it? Yes. I was like, well, how will this be perceived, right? It could go left or right. And yeah. that's why Norfolk is, that's why I keep saying Norfolk is a very beautiful town. And yep. It has really nice people because yeah. it could have gone two ways. It could have said, well, he doesn't fit in. and Let's not support him type well, of thing. Yeah. Because yeah. there's this, uh, I remember like during, uh, they tried to bundle me up in this uh Hey, you should you should you should do this group for you should do this for uh, uh, for the black community, or you should do this for uh, what's, what's the term that they normally use? Um, 
trying to refresh my mind. Uh, um, For like social justice type of stuff? Or? No, not, not social justice type of stuff. It's like, um, like I, I'd have people say, hey, you know what? Uh, minority. Oh, oh okay. For the minority community. Yeah, right? gotcha. yep. And they're like, well, uh, you're an example for the minority community. No, I'm an example for everybody. Right. Yeah. Because the moment you, you put me in a box like that, yep. and you're limiting my outreach. Right. You're and limiting you. You're limiting You're li- limiting everybody at that yes. point. Why yeah. can't we all be? And Why can't I be a... I'm not a minority, so I, I understand that concept, but like... I could be a role model for someone, not me specifically, yeah. but somebody like me could be but a we can role all, model. Yeah, we can all be entrepreneurs, As Americans, but right. we, yes, we, we don't Americans. have to be put in a box. As, right. Okay, yeah. there's a certain group of entrepreneurs here, and then there's a certain group here, and, there's a, and then each has uh, a different approach on how you should interact. Right? Yeah. yeah, we're all in one box. But when I came to Norfolk, I was like, wait a minute, uh, you, you can't do that because there's more than just me. Yeah. And other entrepreneurs here, and we're all on the same playing field, right? We're yep. serving one mm-hmm. community, and to exclude me and put me in this box limits, uh, limits my outreach. Yep. And I and I stand by that till today. Cause, I love your philosophy on that. Because not only does it allow people to be, more, to be more comfortable coming in and not having to feel like, okay, well, I'm going to go open a business in Norfolk, Nebraska, so I need to link up with the black minority community because... Yeah. They'll understand me better yeah. and they'll support me a lot better. But then you're leaving yourself out of the other outreaches, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, my goal is if I can make it more comfortable to where uh, cumulatively, if you're coming to solve to Norfolk, you're not just solving a certain group, you're solving everybody. Yeah. Right. Then no one's left out. Right. And then we don't have to have that conversation yeah. of right. Right. the you awkward know. conversation. If, if just, you go to yeah. Chicago and they're like, well, there's like different kind of minority groups. There's like Chinatown and yep. then you got like the uh, Cuban town yeah. and then you got like Southside Chicago and all that. And then if you go there, it's like they're all serving their own community. But there's interest there. Like I want to yeah. go in there and be like, well, Teach me something about this so that I can, you know, use it to benefit myself. Right. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much. It's kind of cool. Like the the one good thing about I like about America and everything is it's a culture pot or a melting pot where like yeah I can enjoy other culture, other food that I normally wouldn't get. You know, going yes. to my grandma and grandpa's, I yeah. could go get some really authentic tacos at a food truck or yeah, you know that type of stuff. So it's kind of cool. I enjoy that type of stuff. <clears throat> what do you but, say yeah. to the people that talk about your pricing sometimes? Uh, well, let me tell you my pricing. And we're going back to location. Yep. Uh, look at where Norfolk is. Yep. And where's Lincoln? Right. All the manufacturers, all the distributors are in Lincoln. Yep. So if you open up a restaurant in Lincoln and you can literally drive to uh, the distributor. Pick it up. Pick it up. To get fresh right. food. Right? Out here, when I make my menu and, oh, like even cocktails, and I want everybody to enjoy what everybody else out there is enjoying. But what I've figured out is they limit what comes in. Right. Because uh, let's say back in the day when there's, there's just an, three restaurants, 
And one of those restaurants is having Guinness non-alcoholic. The other restaurants are not interested. You reach out to the supplier and you're like, hey, I want to order Guinness non-alcoholic. What they do is they allocate it based on region. So uh, we'll ship it to you, but it'll be a little bit difficult for us to always have it for you because not a lot of other restaurants are ordering it there. So we right. only allocate enough. But when we fill that, we are holding it in the warehouse for just one restaurant. It doesn't make sense for us to hold that much inventory because we're not making money on it. Yeah. So we don't ship it over there. And you'll notice at some point everybody has the same product because they only want to ship what everybody else is using. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I came in and my menu items, majority of the stuff on there, uh, either have to be drop shipped and I have a hard time sometimes getting them and they'll charge me extra. extra. Yeah. Right. You know? And these are like, like minor things, like those baby bakers that everybody likes. Yeah, that's the reason why I run out. It's it's not like they stock enough for me to have. Yeah, right. You know, uh, things like salmon. I use like the fresh salmon where you gotta peel the skin off. Yeah, I'm only able to get salmon once a week. Well, it's fresh salmon. I can order six cases, but how long will I hold six right. cases? Right. So. Uh, if everybody decided to use fresh salmon, like because most of them are allocated in Lincoln and Omaha, those are the good restaurants. So uh, half the time when I go to put it in my order, I'm like, oh, no, you can't get it on Tuesday. You allocate you two cases for Thursday. But if everybody here starts using fresh salmon, then they can stock for this region and right, yeah. we can always have it. Well, it's not going to happen, at least not right now. Yeah, no. so, so that's why my prices are the way. They I don't are. think oh. they're. I don't think they're. I don't think they're overly expensive. Some people do. I'm just saying, like, because we talk about this all the time. What what's a a burger on your menu right now, um, cost wise? Sixteen bucks. Sixteen bucks. Yeah. And on Wednesdays, uh, twenty five percent off all burgers and brews. Every Wednesday. Yep. So you you, from... you can go to four one four eleven. <laughs> And get a burger and a side, like twelve bucks for less yeah. than a Big Mac at McDonald's. Yeah, and, and this so, is a fresh patty we laid on the floor. It's amazing. Uh, we cut the patties in house, even at sixteen dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not bad. So, it's still not bad. It's and we've talked about that a lot on both of our podcasts. Like you pay for what you get. Like yeah. mm -hmm. I but, don't want to go buy just just garbage i'd rather pay for and you talk about the experience you're paying for the experience you're yeah. paying for the and isn't your pasta made in-house uh some thursdays we make it in-house sometimes we, we well, order it in but here's the thing and every everything we put out at 411 all you have to do is walk up like those guys literally you put in an order in and we fire it right away right yeah like we have to cook it and that's why Sometimes it takes longer when yeah. you're busy. It's fresh because we have yeah right. we have to cook it. And when you when you're in the hole and you got all like sometimes you got the whole restaurant set at one time and you don't have burgers sitting in Aju. Yeah, we don't have burgers sitting in Aju. <laughs> you know, you, you order it, we we throw it down and nah. uh, we plate it. Yeah, and and that's where the price ones like because these guys have to cook. Yeah, right. Um, and, and you pay your employees well. 
Oh yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've since I opened, I've paid all my employees uh, above minimum wage, yep. which is funny because this year minimum wage just went to twelve bucks, and I was like, I gotta go double check. I was like, holy crap! <laughs> uh, and and the reason why I pay him, I pay him well. Is I've, I've been in the industry, man. I I there's I don't even think there's a time I made close to what these guys are making. Yeah. Like back in the day, man. And you're paying it forward. You're doing I, the right thing. I remember like eight fifty. You were like, yeah. <laughs> Rich. I gave you twenty six days. Yeah. <laughs> in the line, like you know, cuts and buns and. Yeah. Uh, but it, to me, it it really didn't matter about the pay. Yeah. As long as I was getting that exposure. Yeah. If you're getting the right people, you know? yeah. I mean, because I have friends who good work is worth worth whatever you got to pay. Good work. Yeah. Honestly. Because I remember, I remember I had friends who were. Uh, went down in Chicago. What, what, what's that dude's name? Charlie Throttle, uh, French Laundry. They were working for free. Hmm. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't pay like the apprentices, like the extra help in the kitchen. Yeah. No, for you to make the cut to be like line cook to get paid, you had to know your shit. There are a lot of restaurants like that. That you know, you, it's almost like an internship type thing. Yeah. So they were there just to learn for free, and then when they go and. Uh, added to their resume, you know, apprenticeship at the French Laundry, boom, uh, head chef, yep. you know. Mm. But uh, that's why I was cool, you know, getting paid less. But I know I'm working right next to this really good chef, and he's teaching me everything I know. And I'm taking down notes, and then I'm seeing, well, I could he could do this better, but I'll just write it down here. So when I get to the <laughs> chance to do it, you know. Then and, it becomes mine. Yeah, and it's translated to the kitchen stuff. There's a dude who works mm. for me, kid from high school, straight out of high school, man. He walked in. See the one that raised the hoverboard? Yeah. Yeah. He walked in, and he had, like, a suit on, and he shook my <laughs> hand. He's like, hey, man, I like what you do. I really, really want to cook in your kitchen. And I have seen, like, tremendous growth. It's yeah. been a struggle. Like, there's days when, but. He's young. He, he's young, but. I have to pass that on to someone else. Right. Yeah. Right. And um that and that's just how you maintain it. If you look back, like at one point here there's uh a lady that owned uh, the uptown, right? Uptown over yep. at Kensington and then yep. Uh, yep. it was it was popping. Booming, yeah. Right? But my time will fade too. Yeah. And I have to pass that baton to the next person and then he'll add his own flavor to it and you know it's a very young town, up and coming town. So you need those mentality and those skills. Yeah, you got to find the right person and yeah. kind of go back into like when you were, you were b- beside these chefs, and sometimes you were learning, sometimes you weren't learning, and then you finally learned that hey, I'm gonna listen to this guy, this Blake guy. Yeah, it's it's kind of reminds me that <clears throat> it's a term I've always heard my whole life from my dad and my grandpa and everybody is you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Yeah, like yep. you can teach it anything you want to teach it, yep. but they can either be willing to take it or willing or they won't and you can't force that upon somebody yeah. and it's not it's not for everyone because i remember that line when uh when blake was our head chef uh there was like 12 of us and out of the 12 uh three of us ran out to open their own joints hmm. so it's a pretty good percentage uh, though. Yeah, it is a pretty I good mean, percentage so uh for him i mean he looks back and he says, you know what? I didn't only lead a group, you know. I created uh, restaurant tours of this. Right. And okay. that's what I want to be able to, you know, achieve is 
not only having people come in and, you know, sacrifice their time, but to take something away from it. And uh, I've seen a lot of tremendous growth. Like the two ladies that run the joint for me never had any management experience, <laughs> but that exposure and yeah. the amount of work they do, mm-hmm. uh, they surprise me every day. And I respect them. Uh, they call me out when I'm not <laughs> getting things done. Gotta have that. Because you gotta have that. And it's yeah. mutual. I don't take any offense. Like, right. if, if, if if an employee comes and says, hey, Danny, I'm not happy how we're doing this, I acknowledge it and I listen to it. Because I need that feedback from them as right. much as they need my feedback, too. Right. And there's, if people just took the time and... Uh, immerse themselves to see like what goes on down there. It's it's special, man. It is because they're young. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I've and had great experiences there. So even, even when the food takes a while, I doesn't bother me any. The yeah. atmosphere is great because they're young. Like give them a break. Yeah, you know if if yeah. they can just give them a break and let them, you know, uh, learn from their mistakes and also learn from their successes. It gives them that sense of pride, right? And it gives them that uh, feeling of acceptability in their own community, where half those guys grew up here in Norfolk. Why are we knocking them? Right? You know, because at the end of the day, you want them to talk good about where they grew up. You want them to have that pride and say, "Hey, look!" Like when I was in Rapid City, like all the local guys that I was in the kitchen with, they hyped them their restaurants up. Yep. Yeah. You know. I remember we'd all go and we hang out in a bar, completely different restaurant crew, yep. and we'd just sit and share ideas and laugh about how each and everybody's shift was. <laughs> and there was this camaraderie that yep. was so authentic and like pretty to have. Yeah, and that's what those guys are representing. Yeah, you know, and I can't take anything from them. Uh, I give them their space and I also give them that respect. Right. You know, I, I'm not in the place to tell them, you know, how to act where they were born and raised. Yeah. But I can give them the idea and show them like, hey, highlight this. Right. You know? Um, so, but yeah, that's pretty much. Is there anything else you want to talk about on 411 at all? Um, I'm going to move on to Fenders. Oh, I thought we were talking about both. <laughs> haven't, we haven't really talked about Fenders a whole lot. Yeah, you, you mentioned it a couple times. A little, a little bit. Fenders is a oopsie project. <laughs> you, you and I have talked about it a few times, but like, so, so how did that idea come about? Fenders, Fenders was a, uh, it, it's something that was needed on that side of mm-hmm. the street because from first to second, there's a lot going on. And then you got like Fifth Street to Seventh, I guess, where there's like a lumber yard, and there's really nothing there. Yeah. And I remember like every time I'd step out of Four Eleven, especially at night when all the stores are closed, and that side of the street would just be dull, dark, you mm-hmm. know. And I needed something to balance that out, and uh, we started doing uh, espresso. Uh, yep. It was a gourmet coffee at Four Eleven. We didn't even talk about breakfast. You know, breakfast wasn't even 
part of the plot. I know, and it, but it's I so good. Know that. It's so good. We didn't talk about it, but I was I was gonna, but I was like, ah. break was just up. It. It. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we started doing espresso cocktails. I mean, uh, gourmet espresso, and um, we outgrew the space of four eleven, and I wanted to highlight the art that goes behind making coffee yeah and i know there's places like that that do it all over the world all over the country and and this this is the that divine guidance i keep telling my <laughs> wife and she laughs at me she's like dude you gotta stop making plans you can't just go around <laughs> talking about this but this is how weird things happen uh girl comes up and she's like hey we should start doing uh go make coffee so i went and bought like this little breville espresso maker from amazon mm -hmm. and this is at 4 11 and we start pulling shots with it during breakfast but after a while i mean that thing takes like five minutes to steam and you can't steam milk and pull a shot either pulling right. a shot and steaming milk so i told her all right let's go commercial <laughs> right i didn't know anything about like coffee and all this espresso stuff <clears throat> she's teaching me about the cups <laughs> and, and that's the that's the other thing see i'm learning yeah right and she taught me about like the name of the cups the sizes the i don't know there's a porta filter and there's like tampering and all that <laughs> and i like that because it was new information yeah. then uh so we set up the commercial one and while we're doing it at 411 there's also so many other things going on because you got the cocktail program you got yep. the kitchen and then now we have breakfast and then the coffee they kind of lost and Bits of all that, so yeah. I wanted to highlight it on a on a separate platform. So we got to talking, and the space came up where Fenders is, and uh, we set it up there. And I was like, "Wait, well, if we just do coffee, it's gonna be boring because we can't open at night because <laughs> no one wants to come in and just look at it, coffee beans." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, let's do cocktails, yeah, and wine, and you know, beer." So during the nighttime, you can get the best of both or during the day. So uh, didn't even have, like, drawings. I just drew it on a piece of paper and uh, linked up with a dude, and we built it real quick. And uh, it was mostly inspired by, uh, like, if you go to Japan, they have, like, these kiosks all over mm -hmm. the place, and, like, most of the cafes are really small I can because, see that now that you say because that. of space, yeah. right? So you have like a really small cafe, but some of them have like three tables in there, but they have like the window open and you can sit at the window at the bar. And I wanted to give it that look because it's different, you know, and uh, it adds a little flavor to like the dimensions of downtown. And yeah. you, it's like, what can you play with the space and still make it usable and attractive and unique in its own self and there was some challenges like the patio the detached patio you know yeah but uh once all that came together uh i just made up a name that's kind of catchy with coffee like folgers coffee <laughs> and i was like fender's coffee yeah i could drink that <laughs> you know so uh and that's how fender's came to be that's awesome and, and you had to do all the updates in there right yeah. yeah, and it wasn't a lot. The walls were perfect. It was just painting them black and adding lighting and equipment. Right, yeah. So, it's comfortable in there. I, I like it a lot. I've only been there at night, 
and I've never drank coffee because yeah. I'm not a huge coffee guy. I drink coffee yeah. every once in a while, but I've just had cocktails and stuff in there. But it's an alternative to going out. You yeah. know, yeah. Uh, it gives people who normally not go out for a certain period of time to indulge in the nightlife in a different way. Yeah. You know, because I know there's people who uh, prefer not to be in a bar setting, but they still want to enjoy cocktail yeah. outside of the house. So yeah. that gives them Something a little option. quieter, not yeah. super loud. You can have a conversation. Yes. Well, I will say the staff over there puts a lot of time in those cocktails. Oh, yeah. And they fit in just right. You know, it's uh, great. they've embraced it really well. And I think it's a little bit ahead of its time. Uh, the goal is to scale up to small towns because I think that it fits in just well. It's very yeah. modest and it's not too, you know, uh, overreaching. It's just like, yeah, because I've I've lived in every small town, so I can identify. <laughs> yeah, like what what the, you know, people from small towns are very humble. They're not flashy. It's not like in yeah. L.A. where mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you wake up and before you step out of your door, you put up, you know, uh, you want to have like a, a price for everything you're wearing. And then yeah, you want to yeah. be seen at Starbucks. You don't even drink it. You just want to hold the yeah. cup and walk <laughs> around and be like, okay, you know. And it's just like, it's very short time fulfillment, you know, but small town people, they're humble. Like, Wake up in the morning, brush your teeth, put, throw on some jeans and a t-shirt, and yeah. you know, hit the hit, 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 hit the streets. And I, I was like, "Well, uh, what can I do to match that?" Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that's why I think both both four eleven and Fenders. My goal is I'd like to uh, scale them up to small towns. Yeah, I'm trying to think like the going back to my college days. The, <laughs> uh, do the did Walmart and what do you call them? The McDonald's guys. The, Wa- the Waltons the is Waltons. the Walmart. Yeah, but you know they had like ideas like that, and these these are like pretty. They're not foreign, but I think that they're, they're so. Uh, what's the best word to put them? The unique. The the semi primitive. Yeah. And in their upcoming, that they don't really have an identity yet. Yeah. And there's room to give them an identity. Girl. Yeah, I suppose. You know? So, because think about it this way. Uh, back in, like, even today, if you're if you if you thinking of a breakfast joint, like, right. just off the top of your head, you want to go and have breakfast. Well, it's... It's a tough in Norfolk. It's a tough. You got Perkins that you think of as breakfast. Yeah, I think of four eleven or Fenders, but yeah, not but, everybody but thinks to do, that. Though. To do all three breakfast, lunch, right. dinner, yeah, bar, kind of the cafe style, the cafe style, yeah. right? But uh, someone who's never been to four eleven, some of them don't even know we do breakfast because right? yeah. it doesn't look like a breakfast. You do a very drink, good breakfast, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then we also have like the lunch menu. So depending on the time of day that you come in. Could be uh, three different restaurants, basically. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I think if I package it right, and you know, as like we said, you know, all these issues that arise, and I address them and I fix them. When I get to the self-actualization part, where the whole thing makes sense, it's, it's a pretty damn good package in itself. Yeah, I think you a know? lot of people see it. I mean, it's 
it's a flashy restaurant or not flashy. I mean, it feels high end when you go in there. Yeah. So I think a lot of people think that they can only go in there if they're high end or ready. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. And I, that, that's not the feel that's I get. That's not the case, yeah. No, that but, was, yeah. I think I, a lot of people was get afraid of that. to do a high end restaurant. It's real comfortable going yeah. in there. But I wanted, I wanted everybody to be able to go in and enjoy the ability to sit comfortably. Yep. Right. Uh, and enjoy a high end feel experience. And not feel like they don't belong. Right. Correct. You know, because like, I've like, been in those restaurants. Yeah. I've, been, I've been into. You, you walk know, in, in and the dog guy's like, like uh, those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, the shoes are not eating. <laughs> right. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about this. Dress code what? I like, promise you, my my food is going to, yeah. my mouth is going to eat whatever you have, and yeah. I'm going to pay you for whatever like, you got. I've been told not to go into a bar because we had shorts on. I was like, <laughs> My legs are not eating. Like, what, what do you mean? That's no? funny. So. I think all in all, you've, you've brought some great uh, variety and some much needed, even competition downtown. Yeah. Which I think was needed. It, it's opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. Um, I can't take all the credit, but at the end of the day, it has allowed people to be comfortable enough to say, hey, I can take a leap of faith yeah. and yeah. do something and add on to what's going on. We need more people to you do know? that. Because uh, before there was that hesitation, like, will it work? Will it not work? Yeah. I think all the other small communities are also taking a, uh, a look at what's going on and they're starting to open up to, okay, um, it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Yeah. But as long as you set it up, because let's say you go to a town like... Um, What's the next closest? Battle Creek. So right? I'm, I live in Battle Creek. So so yeah. a town like Battle Creek, someone takes the, has the guts to come in and set up a restaurant in Battle Creek. The last thing I'll ever do is knock it. Just the fact that they've just at least put an attempt to yeah. do it. Yeah. And that says, speaks more volume, you know, because... They're not just setting up to setting up. They're they're looking at a commodity that can be used, and if approached right and it's embraced right and appreciated, then that that the down in Rapid City, man, those guys like even the crappy bars or the crappy things that open up there, they just like flock and they right. support it and they make it they make it good. They don't knock their own things. I think Norfolk's getting there. Because you're not yeah. really or competitors as much as, like, you're competitors, but everybody's a group. You all, yeah. I mean, if if you have a good restaurant scene, yeah, it's good for everybody. Benefits everybody, yeah. Like, if it's like, hey, we got we got these, all these restaurants. You can go here today, you can go yeah. here tomorrow, you can go here. There's 25,000 people we can pick from. Yeah. We, we've but, had Andrew on twice, yeah, and he doesn't ever talk about his own restaurant. Not really. He only no. talks about other restaurants down Yeah, yeah. see. There's this sense of pride. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For their own community. And it goes a long way. Um, he does a lot. Yeah. Right. And putting all those events. Yep. Like closing down a whole block. Yeah. Yep. It, it's not it's not for show. It's to <clears throat> it's to it's to bring people together. And what I take from that is 
Every time you bring a large group of people together. This episode is brought to you by Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency. If you're looking for an insurance agent with a personal touch, someone willing to have the real conversations about what's important to you, assistance with submitting claims and offering quality coverage options, Farm Bureau Financial Services, Zach Miller Agency may be the place for you. Whether you need home, auto, farm, commercial, life, or health insurance, we're here for you. Check us out at agentzachmiller.com. Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company, Western Agriculture Insurance Company. Like that, and they're sharing one communal bond, right, Uh, in one place. And then they go out and they start knocking other businesses. Right. And we we all live here, right. you know. We have to endure with what happens here at the end of the day. There's, that camaraderie shouldn't just end when it, it shouldn't only be when there's a block closed and it's right. short lived, and then we go back to right. You know, Correct. it should carry on to the next day, the next month, right. and every day, because twenty five thousand people, um, we, they could do a lot to make you know a place where it is. And it's there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, every day I walk down downtown, uh, <laughs> the encounters I have, pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, I can say hi to a stranger and they'll be like, hey, what's up? And it's like, down in Chicago. <laughs> right. Or like New York. You say hi to each other. They, they cast br- you, they off. Brush you off. Yeah. You Why know? are you talking to me? Yeah. Why are you talking to me? Because they're angry. Right, and they're 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 angry, and uh, things are tough, and uh, they're just not used to people taking time and acknowledging like their well being. Here, people acknowledge your well being, like everybody knows each other. Like if you're sick tomorrow, they're like, "Oh man," you know. So, I'm what I'm trying to say. It shouldn't be just short lived on like a day, right? And I think that's what like uh, not just restaurants. But all other businesses, they, they, oh, they do a good, yeah, they do a pretty good job of like bringing people together. But yeah. what we should promote more is uh, making it a longevity. Like instead right. of knocking like what's happening in a community, uh, praise it. Well, it's kind of. I was going go you, you go ahead. I was gonna say it's kind of like what we talk about a lot with like uh, jealousy type of thing. Like, yeah. <clears throat> whereas let's let's be cheerleaders for everybody. Yeah. I mean. You say, uh, even if they're your competitor, I mean, so I grew up, uh, my dad's been a livestock equipment salesman. So, yeah. I mean, he was competitors with all of like his best friends, basically, you yeah. know, his really good friends. So like you'd go to a show, guys are com- compete, competing at the farm show the whole day. Yeah. And then you guys all go out to dinner and have drinks together and then you're done. You're all rooting for each other. Yeah. yeah. We're going to want, I want to beat you, but yeah. you want to beat me, but <clears throat> At the end of the day, we all want to both be successful. We don't want to not be successful because then I'm not bringing my friend along with me, and then I'm losing somebody behind me. I don't think we ever talk about this, and I don't even know if like, uh, like me and Andrew opened up at the same time, and I can guarantee you, I push him hard, and he pushes me hard. Yeah, we've yeah. never had that conversation. It's it's mutual. It's it's right. known. You guys right? are competing, yeah. but you both want to be successful. That's why I yeah. said much needed competition. But, yeah, down. yeah, but you wanna you wanna push each other, right? And yep. that also helps with uh, 
creating the next best thing. Right. Yeah. It also uh not only does it uh it sets the bar. Right. Right. So the next person who's coming in, right, uh they're coming in with the mentality of okay, I'm gonna be that good. I or wanna better. be that good. Or raise so the we, bar. Yes, we've raised the bar and it's not like a bar that's unattainable. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's still accommodating. Right. Right. So because um, at the end of the day, uh you don't want dis- uh discrepancies. Right. With with like what the vision no. is yeah. and what's going on. Like I know Andrew's he has, he doesn't even need to tell me. Right. Because I understand it and I know it, right? So right. I have to make sure when I go back to the drawing board, I'm like, okay, so he's doing this. What else can I do to add value to what he's doing? And he looks at what I'm doing. He doesn't even need to tell me. He says, What else am I doing to add value to what he's doing? Right. And then when we sit down and uh put the notes together. They all have one common goal, right? And, yep. it, and it's to build up the town. Yeah. Right? So, and going back to the praise, what I was going to say before Vance talked was that that's what we did this podcast for, was because we want to bring people on like you, like yeah. everybody else we've already brought on, people we're going to bring on, and just highlight what you guys have going on. Yeah, and, and I appreciate it. this is a it's a different platform because I've done like the paper and I've done like. Uh, social media part and now this is a new platform where uh, it's more in depth and it's first hand yeah. you know, if you're reading it then it's like oh it's like, it doesn't hit the same way correct that's, right. that's it's all sound bites at that yeah, point which is why we want to touch base level. on that post because we, we wanted you to be able to speak about it not just write yeah. something down yeah. but actually speak about it yeah, yeah. but it, in any way shape or form I don't think it it, it deterred me from my vision and the goals that I've set. Um, Looking back from where I'm coming from and where I started, I don't think I've attained the objective that I need to because I don't know what my destiny is. And um As long as I wake up every day and I know um, there's a fulfillment, just a purpose. Like, yes, yeah, a purpose. purpose yeah. Just for today, that good or bad, right? right? Uh, the end goal at, at at the end is to make sure that all that time and all that sacrifice did not go forsaken. Right. And it didn't, it didn't cause, and that's why I never look back at let's say uh, anyone who's made an attempt on anything, and I can't look back and be like, I saw that coming or that was expected. That is like the wrong thing to say. Yeah. If I didn't do anything about it, I shouldn't even be saying that. I have more you know respect I mean? for people that try and fail than people that don't try and don't fail. Yes, because they didn't try it, and they could say. <clears throat> if it's that same person that says, "Well, I should I I wanted to do this, I just never did it." Well, yeah. then I have less respect for you than the person that tried it and failed at it because they yeah. at least tried it. Yeah. Even outside of the podcast, if you ever have a conversation with me and there's like an issue, like I try to hold conversations that pertain in uh, how do we? It's more based on uh, solving the problem, yeah, right. Instead of knocking it, 
I'm like, like, okay, so if this is a problem, uh, the approach should be, let's lay out the options we have, right? Instead of being like, oh, well, that would never happen or that I'm not helping by using that kind of tone and that language, right? So I have to be like, okay, uh, what, are we, what are the options available? There's always options, right? And then if I can come up with any and the person I'm talking to, then I say, well, maybe we should refer to this guy because he's well more knowledgeable or we can uh, keep the conversation going. Yeah. So... Is there anything else you want to touch on with 411 vendors at all uh, that I may have missed or didn't ask questions about? No, I think uh, other than that, for this year, uh, I want to kind of switch things up to keep it more interactive and, you know, I don't want people to get bored right away. So vendors, we're building a, a whiskey program. I saw that. Uh, we've started it slowly because uh, not to overwhelm the staff and get them more uh, educated into this new uh, program that we are adding. So they're very comfortable with the coffee part, coffee pot, but uh, we, we want to get into the, the whiskey. And yeah. then for 411, I will be doing more of uh, wine. Yeah. Because uh, it just fits in a lot better there. We'll still do the cocktails and all that, but... Uh, like wine pairings with the food, whatever your menu just, is? Just more of an extensive uh, wine library. So uh, as much wine as we can sauce in and for 411. And then for Fenders, it'll be uh, more whiskey. And then uh, future goals... Uh, I hope I could do a a wine bar in in Norfolk and a new like a new establishment. Yeah, you're talking? yeah. Uh, I think that would be dope. Yeah, uh, that would uh, add to the portfolio. And uh, I can honestly say I don't know if I've ever been to a wine bar. I don't whatever, <clears> like the, just they just serve just wine there. Yeah, you, you could do like. Wine tastings, you can buy bottles. You can, yeah. Uh, the, the wine culture is pretty nice. Yeah, it's it's got its uh, it's a very small community. Everybody knows each other, and every vineyard knows every other vineyard. And yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, educating and like history and wine that is awesome. Like when mm. you indulge into that historical aspect of, because wine's been drank for years well like yeah way and back you know and as it as it evolves it leaves a story behind yeah and yeah. huh that's uh um <clears throat> i would see so do you want to do that downtown or you want to do yeah, that somewhere uh, in I'd, norfolk I'd probably downtown downtown yeah because it um, adds another flavor yeah just another thing a variety yeah um that's pretty cool uh the other <clears throat> i would think like have you ever Thought of like a martini bar, because I know Norfolk doesn't really have a martini bar, and there's certain places that do. Have they you do. ever been to a martini bar? Just yeah. Uh, it's a good idea. Because <laughs> now I'm starting to think. Like, just, <laughs> just throwing just that out there. I mean, set up a I got an entre- entrepreneur. Uh, over they make here. a lot of martinis at Fenders, though. Yeah, they, they yeah. do martinis at Fenders. They do martinis at Four Eleven. <laughs> uh, but a martini bar would be good. So uh, what else have I been thinking about? 
and not a nightclub, but like if I have time, I'd like to get back to my DJing days. <laughs> Do you still have your equipment? I was gonna ask you that. No, earlier. no, I don't. But uh, I'd, I'd like to go back to DJing. The only thing is the music's different. Yeah. So uh, I have to get in touch with the youngins and be like, yo, <laughs> uh, help me build this library. You got to start listening you know? to mumble rap. No. <laughs> I, yeah, you know. <laughs> I mean, we grew the, up with the way better music, I think. Yeah, but I've, I've, it makes me feel like the old curmudgeon now, yeah. like back in my day. Because nowadays nightclubs are not even popping like no. i think they do like lounges you just get a dj and you just sit down and enjoy yeah. a cocktail there's like you know back in the day you had to have like the dance floor yeah literally like just put a dance floor in and a little tiny bar in the corner a few and, lights yeah and a few lights and yeah. smoke you're good to go <laughs> it's a little dark dirty part, uh, building <laughs> well if you, uh, if you can find some equipment you can come <laughs> dj and eat his birthday i'm trying to still find somebody to come uh, do that so i don't have to do it Oh no! So if you want to do it, dude, the DJing I do is serious. Like Mm -hmm. I'm talking, really, really serious. (laughs) If you can find some equipment by the end of the month, um, I don't know if I'll be able to (laughs) get the equipment right away. But oh no, I the production has to be on point. The sound has to be on point. (laughs) Um, um, but I've I've thought about that. Um, That'd be cool. Go cook down at four eleven on a Friday, and then throw some, <laughs> some head out to the next it. spot, <laughs> set up the gig, and throw down some jams till two o'clock. That'd and, be fun, you know. So that'd I've, be cool. It's a, it's an idea right now, but yeah. I think there's there's room for it. Yeah. No, for sure. We um, don't have one anymore. We I mean we used I mean, whatever you want. The depot was yeah. what closest. it was closest yeah. thing yeah. we had to a, a end of night club thing. Right. Would never get busy till midnight and. Back then it was one o'clock close, so it was really only busy for an hour. An hour. Well, no, I have a, I have like a layout. Like at the end of the day, you want people to get like an amazing night with right. music and yeah. big right. cocktails. And uh, if, I like the if, idea. If, if the right spot comes around, because uh, lo- location is also key. Right. Yeah. Accessibility. Uh, if you're gonna be bumping music really loud and. Uh, like, don't want a lot of people sleeping around. Yeah, yeah trying yeah. to sleep, <clears throat> trying to sleep, and um, and then the, the security aspect of that. Um, it's a big one too. Yeah, because I then going back to kind of goes back to your responsibility of yeah, and your, what you were talking about knowing yep. the right people. Uh, in terms of like, remember back in the day, you go to a bar and. You get you get roughed up more by the bouncer than yeah. <laughs> you know? a little pushing starts yeah. and then the bouncer yeah. just like yeah. carry you so, outside the bar. I'd like to change that. I want the bouncer to make people feel safe and well taken care of, right. and, you know. So, um, but it, it's just an idea out there. If there's time and yeah. uh, it'd be something nice to add to the entertainment aspect. Um, well, you get a lot of time left. Oh yeah, um, and then what else? Uh, I'd like to get into uh, the development aspects, like real estate. Yeah, you know, uh, I like building stuff. Like right now, I've just done like renovations, but I'd yeah. like to build, build, like from the ground up. That's you interesting. Know? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. play with some architecture and materials and colors and all that. That's really cool because uh, <laughs> there's there's room for that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, especially if you're going to do, like you were talking about, trying to 
basically franchise or whatever, go out, branch out to other communities, other yeah. small pow- towns that you could find yourself building something to mimic what you got already. Yeah, you'd have like a, <clears throat> you'd have to have like a platform ready to go. Oh yeah. A design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So between now and as time goes on, you know, if you make a package and you set it here and make a package and you set it, set it next to it. And then, uh, when the right time and place comes, at least I'm more prepared. You're not scrambling and, you know, try to uh, make things make sense. If I can make sense of them a little earlier. So yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the next move, I think. And then uh, hopefully 10, 30 years from now, um uh, when you look back, uh, the foundation that we are setting up uh, will—it's off and running. Yeah, it's off and running because things yeah. things are changing. You know, uh, the cities are not the cities anymore. The suburbs are becoming the cities, and then yep. the small towns are becoming the suburbs. Uh, there's no denying it. You can't change that. It's happening. It's happening in real time. Right. Have you, have you noticed like everywhere where there's a Walmart like before? They would uh, build a Walmart on, like, a vacant lot. Like, there's nothing around it. And then it builds up. And then it builds up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like, what happens. That's where all the develop. So yeah. those Walmart guys, they knew something when they were setting them up. Yeah. Yep. I've, I've, I've done my research. <laughs> and I'm trying to understand, like. How, the, to, how to replicate that. How to re- yeah, the, the thought process. <clears throat> and the more I can understand that, because. Um, that information is not readily available. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, it just goes down to thinking and trying to understand and looking at your environment. Think outside the box. Yeah. Critical thinking. We talk about that a lot. Yeah. Yep. Just you got to be able to d- d- disseminate the information that you're getting and, and think yeah. about it critically. Because uh, the small, the, the big cities right now, uh, th- this is luxury, let me tell you. The ability to get in your car and drive home from drive from work to home with ease, right. and tomorrow morning you know like how long your commute's gonna take, yeah. and they wish they had that, and it's so congested and uh, just the the space, yeah, you know, to have that much real estate. Like uh, times are changing right now; people are starting to branch out to the small cities. Well, right. uh, my role is is the infrastructure ready in there. When that happens, yeah, and that's what I'm doing with like the, the joints that vendors and foil have, and all yeah. that, and like the nightclubs and uh, any any ideas that we've talked about is yeah. to prepare for, you know. Yeah. So, one of the key words on this podcast is balance that we yeah. like to talk about, and we haven't usually I bring it up before now, but you. You had a lot of good stories, so I didn't really want to impro or no, it's cool. come on that. But uh, how many kids do you have? Uh, two. Two kids. Yeah. Uh, how old are they? Uh, twelve and nine. Okay, so they they were they were around when you were starting. Yeah. Four eleven. Yeah. So and we haven't talked about your wife a whole lot either, but. Uh, well, I don't know if she wanted me to talk about that's okay. her. We, we, don't have to, we don't have to talk about her, but <laughs> but we talk about balance because how, how did you guys balance having the kids, trying to start the restaurant? Um, does she play a lot of a, a 
part in that. Yeah, we had a game plan. Uh, I don't talk about work at home. Mm-hmm. And I don't bring home life to work. And that's why you sometimes you'll not see my wife and I in the same place. Yeah. And if we are, uh, we're either having dinner, but like, because she has a full-time job outside right. of all that other stuff. And so the plan was I run, this is my job. Right, yeah. And then she has her job, and we keep them separate like that. Right. Even though she helps out with, like, the baking stuff. I was going to say, she bakes. Offenders. Yeah. And she does that for, you know, extracurricular because she loves baking. So right. there's a platform for her to do that. But uh, we try to keep uh, the family side and the business side. Like, it's my job. Like, when I check out from 411 Fenders and go home, I check out. We we don't interact about work and all that. Uh, does it interfere sometimes when I'm at home? Like, you get a phone call? Yeah. But... I think I've got it down to where it is not taking away family time. Right. Not interfering. Uh, yeah. So, like, we, we we went in Kenya, what, last year and the previous year? Three weeks. The whole family? Uh, 2022 was a whole family. Last year was just my wife and I. But uh, we, we, we've made, we, we're trying to make it to a, a yearly thing where we, we get a break and... Just, just stay, uh, get away from work. Yeah, yeah. it's healthy. Um, and when I say something like that, and you're like, "What about your employees?" Well, I had a conflict with this when I was putting together the plan, and I remember working at a lot of restaurants, and your day off means you lose hours, you lose hours, and you lose pay. Yeah, so. Uh, like down on 411, anybody anybody who's worked there for uh, a year gets a week paid vacation. And why do I do that? Because you need at least a week where you don't have to think about work and worry about money. Right. And just use it for yourself and to ref- self-reflect. Right. Yeah. It's important. And a lot of restaurants don't really offer that option because right. it, it, it was not it was not a thing. I don't even think it is a thing. Yeah, you know. Um, but I'm a human being. I get tired, and sometimes I just want at least a couple of days to where yeah. I don't have to think about the next shift and all that. So if I'm able to do it, I'd like also this this stuff to be able to do it right that makes sense you know? so that's a good uh, thing you do so yeah I mean, it's 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 the right thing to do right you know mm-hmm. right so um but besides that uh yeah I, I try to keep what my my job and family side completely uh separate because the other thing when i was doing the research like you know and working in a lot of restaurants, I still like the Barcelos. I'm telling you, in Rapid City, it was family-owned, mother-daughter, and to see the mother and daughter fighting in the middle of the restaurant because the daughter went out last <laughs> night, got drunk, and opened up the restaurant late, and the staff has to watch that. 
Right. And they're like, man, this is not beneficial. It's not healthy. You know, uh, I've seen like a lot of marriages uh, come to an end because uh, the chef or the owner has to spend hours in the restaurant that he spends at home and uh, I don't know if it's still a thing, but like back in the day, like you finish your shift and when do we go hang out at the bar? Yeah. You know, so uh, I don't, I don't have to do that because I don't drink. So shift's done, I just go home. I'm going home. You know, Um, so I I study that and I try to understand like what are the reasons why, like because divorce rate from restaurant owners uh, it's pretty high because, I mean, it's a commitment it's just, and you're married to it. Yeah, you're putting a lot of time. You know? Yeah. Right. So once I understood that, and I told my wife, I was like, yeah, as long as we're doing this, uh, we can't let this interfere with the household. Right. Yeah. You know, it gets out of hand to where now the household is neglected and then we're trying to now. And... I share that with the staff and I let them know, like, just as much time as you guys want with your family, you have to understand just because I'm doing this, you have to respect that. I also want to be able to have that freedom. And I look out for you guys as much as you look out for me because when all our well-beings are are, are okay, then we perform better, right? Right. So that's why um, someone asks for a day off. I don't deny it. Even if we're short-staffed, I like I, we approve them, you know. I don't sit there and I give them like, no, you can't have that day off. You gotta be here. Right. No, I don't force anybody to do that, you know, because I can jump in and help in right. the kitchen yeah. or the ball anywhere like that. But uh, as a staff crew, they're well aware, so they're also part of it. Yeah, so that's great. Because I also have to respect their families, right. you know. Uh, like they say, hey, what was it? Thanksgiving. You know, they reached out. They're like, hey, can we open Thanksgiving? Because I normally close on Thanksgiving Day. And they're like, uh, I don't have anything to do Thanksgiving. Can we open? And I was like, well, if, if you guys can get enough people, I don't have a problem with it. But I like to be closed. But they're like, well, we'd rather be here. You know, and I respected that. Hmm. So It creates a, like, goes back to what I said, like, you're creating a ownership in your employees. I mean, yeah. they're taking ownership yeah. in their job and their work. I put a lot of trust in it. That's one thing that I remember. Uh, there's other places where I work and uh, the owner would not let, like, even the bartenders, you know, touch the cash register and they want to stand there and just watch, like, every transaction. Right. <clears throat> Like, they're just sitting there hovering, like, did you count the right change? <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, there's theft. You get it, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, I didn't want to be that guy. I right. let them know I trust you, you know? And with that trust, you, you get some uh, appreciation and... Uh, they don't take their work for granted, and they see what they put in. Like, right. You know, so it, it's special, man. I'm telling you. I like, like that. Yeah. If anybody can take a step back and just uh, pay attention and see, like, come in on a busy day, and you say, I don't have to direct them or tell them this. They, they just do it on their own. Right. And, uh, they get a sense of fulfillment and accomplishment that they did it by themselves. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's 
that's like the 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 best reward you could ever get over you know right oh. well we're kind of c- coming to a close unless you got something else you want to uh, well, we talked about food. Yeah, we talked about food. We talked about, food. We talked about, yeah. about the restaurant. And we can always we bring you back on, too. No, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to beat that three-hour mark. Oh, and are we're you? Not, we're not, oh. Yeah. I want to know wait. who <laughs> was here for three hours. And His parents. Time. That was my parents. Uh, I haven't met your parents yet. You have not met my parents? No, I've met your parents. You've met my parents. Your yeah. parents are cool. They're like my homies. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I can call them my homies. Yeah, they're, but, yeah, they're good. They're good dude, people. Dude, I used to run deliveries to their house during COVID. Yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah. But they ordered so much delivery, I know the address uh, on the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. They order a lot. Well, see, my mom can only have so many things, and, and yeah. you offer the things that she can have. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty they're, cool. They're pretty cool, man. We we chop it up every time they come down, and, uh, and they love fenders too. Yes, yeah. you need conversations like that. You know, uh, they keep they keep me grounded, which is cool. Uh, so hey, when you see them, uh, by the way, uh, your mom says she needs to be on the podcast. Yep. Uh, so she'll be on here. It's just, <laughs> I've already taught she, she I, I told her she could be the first one and she wanted to wait. So yeah. that's yeah. all because I've, <laughs> I've talked to her and man, yeah. she's got some she'll inspiring, talk. inspiring conversations. Yeah. Like, she, she's she's it, kind of a spitfire, you know. She, um, likes, she likes to rile Vance up a little bit. So. Yeah, she, she does enjoy so. enjoy pushing my buttons, but she's really good about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. She, she likes to get me talking. She yeah. enjoys to get me talking. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. So uh, yeah. yeah, we're looking forward to having her on. Yeah, just whenever she wants to be on here. But yeah. who's the three hour? Uh, my his, pa- his, 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 my oh, parents. Oh, who's your parents? Van so yeah. and Kathy. Oh, yeah. right on. We have a lot so. to talk about, and we we have more to talk about. I I just didn't know what all you wanted to get into. What's your? Uh, I got a question yeah um what is your what would you like to see norfolk get not not just downtown what would you like to see for norfolk to improve is there anything off the top of your head you can think that um, norfolk would really improve from getting somewhere maybe not maybe downtown maybe not downtown maybe something you want to start and we've talked about what you want to start but maybe something yeah. that you wouldn't be starting but you think would be a good benefit to norfolk <laughs> So we have we have we have like the YMCA, right? Yeah. Yep. Dope. Uh, it'd be nice if Norfolk could get like an event event arena, like an an arena. It doesn't have to be huge. Yeah. Like just a building with uh, good architectural design and for events and uh, strategically located. Uh, Try and highlight like the small things that the geography of Norfolk has to offer, and I think like an uh, what do you call that the Norfolk the the Norfolk River Walk. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the river. I don't. I think they call the, it the River the, Rock. They're, they're calling it the River Walk. The yeah. Norfolk River Walk. So you know something like that is not expected here. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's it's it, it's now giving me ideas. Okay. We I've thought about that too, um, in in the same aspect. So we we kind of have the same idea, just different yeah. aspects of it. But yeah, I I agree with you. I think that would be something good. It's just getting the money to. Cause it would take a lot of money to to put something like that up. I know. That's why I get jealous when I see like folks down in Omaha, and uh, what is it, Lincoln? 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, if they can do it, uh, the only thing is uh, they've set up an example, right? Mm-hmm. But if they can do it, I mean, there's, there's nothing saying that Norfolk is not deserving. I I don't I don't walk around with that mentality right. that Norfolk is not deserving. If right. anything, I want to like prove them wrong and then right. tenfold, yeah. you know, be like, well, uh, not only did we attempt to do it, but we kind of scaled it to where you know it works. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and there's room for that. And that's that's a cool thing. We'd I, like to have that for our land party. That's really where it, the whole thing came about was to have an arena, yeah, the size to be able to even hold a small concert. Or, yeah, it, it doesn't um, have to be huge. I mean, but to house, you know, three four hundred gamers to do yeah, that. Yeah. But getting a state of the art, not state of the art, but get, getting a nice facility for that is not the cheapest thing to do right yeah. now. So it's tough to one get the city on board and two have it be feasible because it's got a you do if you do have something like that you do have to have it making money it can't right just sit yeah. again. that's the thing that's it's yeah. gotta it's gotta sustain itself it's gotta make the money yep. so you gotta be able to bring in um um the event or the entertainment yeah. to make it work no yeah. so check this out Say, like, in the middle of July, there's nothing really going on after mm-hmm. 4th of July, right? Yep. You, you got that dry stand between July and then when school starts. Well, we have the Madison County Fair. And then you got the Madison <laughs> County Fair. Well, that, that's over there, right? Down there. But, yeah. Predominantly, <clears throat> there's a lot of, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of kettle kettle farmers in this area. Kettle farmers? Yeah. Cattle. Oh, cattle, cattle farmers. Beef, yeah. beef farmers and, you know, yep. the cows. And you want to tell me right now, because I want to go to a rodeo. You've right? never been to a rodeo? No. Never been to a rodeo? I, 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 haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen Well, we're bringing you to one more. this year. We're going to have to. I, I, Madison County I, Fair's going to No, 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 no. That's oh. Madison County Fair. But I think Norfolk can. You want a Norfolk rodeo? A rodeo in a stock show? So the. For, for like. The stock Thursday. show in July probably wouldn't happen. Oh yeah, well it doesn't just have speaking, to be in July. I'm just speaking from like I'm in that world. I'm in the yeah. cattle world on the yeah. show world. So yeah, there you go. That would be difficult in that time of year. Yeah. Um But a winter show, which they have one, they have a winter show. Is that in November at the college? Uh, a junior show. They have a junior at uh, the ag complex. At the ag complex out there, oh. East Benjamin. They do have a a pretty good sized. Junior calf show for okay. younger kids, yeah, up to twenty one, I think. It's um, a big complex out there. I don't know, have you ever been out there? The no, complex, no, no. pretty big complex. I think they've may have, maybe have had a bull bullerama or once uh, yeah. every once in a while a bull riding. It's not aesthetically pleasing. It's just a, a it's just a big building, build, big building, big metal building. But if you if you get like a you know a legit country singer, and you got the stock show, and then you got the hey, Ludacris is coming. You don't come, <laughs> but but do you, do you see what I mean? Not like fine. like yeah, like I see what you're saying. You know, yeah, I get what you're saying. Because uh, I I feel like the um the, the 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 ranching community can also be involved in the entertainment aspect of. I agree. Engaging with downtown, other than you know, uh, 
selling your beef and then you say hey this came from this ranch it'd be nice to have an event that showcases all the ranchers in one big space and where people can interact with them in one one area yeah. and not only are we is there like the the music aspect you got the, the beer aspect and then you got like the uh the gear then there's like the events so all here's an idea up. for you yeah so Valentine, Nebraska. Do, yeah. do you know where Valentine, Nebraska is? Out, uh, kind of north central, basically. Yeah, yeah. A little, maybe a little western than central. Yeah. Um, but it's <clears throat> it's be- oh, so Valentine's basically straight south of Rapid yeah. City, is where Valentine is. Yeah. Um, but Valentine on February, it's the name is Valentine. So yeah. On, on the weekend of Fe- Valentine's Day, they yeah. have the what they call the Heart City Bull Bash, yeah. and they put bring a bunch of ranchers, bring their bowls in yeah. pens and put yeah. them along the uh, along the main street there downtown so that'd be something you'd be interested see, see, in now you take a little in bit norfolk of nebraska and yep. put it, just bring some exhibitors downtown exactly you take some, a little bit of that you take a little bit of the junior rodeo and then you you just morph them up into one big thing and it becomes like a yearly event one not only will it bring people from the other small towns but i've seen uh uh, Rapid City Stock Show. Yeah. They pack that arena. And I've. The Rapid I've, City I Stock Show is a really good thing. Yeah, we they go there quite from, a bit. They come from everywhere, though. <clears throat> oh, yeah. We right? go up there. And there's like. Uh, is, do you guys do like a, a show with a. Uh, we we like show cattle. Bo- like you show cattle. Yeah. So we're taking. <laughs> actually, next week I'll be gone. I won't be able to yeah. do anything podcast related next week because we're going to. My family's going to Denver with yeah. a. With a pen of cattle, heifers. We're taking heifers out yeah, to show I, out there. I remember there was, uh, it was an article in the paper. There was a bull that went for 250000 just for its semen. Yep. Yeah, it happens. And it happens. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, Katie, my wife, grew up in a farm. And I was like, all oh, these cattle. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got you hair working in a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to tell me none of those bulls is worth 250000 yeah, It doesn't. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> You know, I didn't know that, yeah. but now every time I drive, I'm like, man, yeah. maybe that one. <laughs> maybe you just don't one. know. <laughs> we always say it around here: when you're smelling cow manure, it's you're smelling money. Like you smell money. Smells money. Like money. Yep. So, but I thought that was that was pretty uh, interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. See, I'd so, like to I'd like to see an arena where the old Alco is. Yeah, right not, not high rises, an arena. Yeah, you could there. Do. That'd be kind of cool. Right on the river. Right on the river water. Because yeah. with the right marketing, I think and. Yeah. Uh, because we could hold our event there, we could. There, there's so many. There's so many cool things that, that could be done if if we could just get yeah some people on board to do that. Takes a lot of money. Well, but yeah, I know. That's what it, but see, we're having a conversation. So yeah, yeah. I, start I'll, I'll 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 keep talking about it. Well, there you, you go. go. You know? see now, us, now I know you got I've, connections. I've got some people invested. <laughs> yeah. to do to do it. We just you know it's going to take a couple million dollars. That's not easy, but yeah. it's 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 uh, attainable. Yeah. Right. Oh, yep. I think that would be cool. It um, would be cool. Then I can DJ in those events. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. We can get you the equipment for you that. You don't have to bring Ludacris out here. I'll DJ for, the, for, for that event. I can play Ludacris you know, when I DJ. That's how you know you're yeah. washed up when you're coming to the you Madison know, County Fair. Yeah. He has no idea where he's coming, is he? <laughs> he was just in Sioux City. He wasn't that far away. Yeah. But... But other than that, you know, it's yeah, good Nelly to see. Nelly was here. He, Nelly yeah. told him about it. <laughs> so, They're friends. 
But I was here before them. <laughs> <laughs> I was already so, here. Yeah, yeah. Warm the, the place the up. Yeah. I warmed the place yeah, up. Yeah. So, That's good. Like, I like what, that what? idea. <laughs> but, um, you know, some, something like that would be nice. Um, it'll help scale the place and give it variety other than just being known for uh, the booming downtown. And you can yeah. spread that to, <clears throat> well, you know. A lot of the community doesn't like the booming downtown, so it's it's a it's a it's a half and half. It's kind of cut down the middle. But um, uh, by by not liking the booming downtown, like let, let's go back to that 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 uh, pride for your community, right? Exactly, yeah. right. Which is what we try to push so, on this on this podcast, and that yeah. kind of goes back to what we've talked about. And I don't, it, and it's maybe the same thing as I think a lot of people. It, I think it come uh, for certain things. It comes down to jealousy. We talked about um, that, yeah. I think people just they don't people don't tend to look at the big picture like yeah. so you can be really successful and I can be really successful and be yeah. be successful together as opposed to some people like well you're really re- successful yeah. and I'm not successful so therefore I hate you because I'm not successful and yeah. you're the reason I'm not successful. I think there's a lot of people that are that way. They use that mentality, whereas I like the mentality is like, hey, let's both be successful and yeah. we're both better. Uh, let's make downtown good. Let's make the west side of town good. Let's make the or the west side of town make yeah. good. Let's make the east side of town good. Let's make the north side, south side. Let's make everything better, and then we're just building together. Yeah. Let's make Battle Creek better. Let's make Madison better. Let's make North or Pierce State better. Let's make Stanton better. Let's yeah. make Northeast Nebraska better. Because that's what we talk about too. Is that Norfolk is not only just Norfolk. Yeah. It's Battle Creek. It's Stanton. It's Pierce. Yeah. It's um, all the surrounding cities because they all come here for most of their uh, shopping experience or dining experience. And yeah. so we're not just doing it for Norfolk. Yes. So, so uh, do you think if we if we use a different language in terms of how we communicate the progress? Of Norfolk, expand on that. What do you to like, where explain? It, uh, but by uh, instead of saying uh, downtown Norfolk is booming, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and we're saying Norfolk is Norfolk is a, as, as a as a whole is yeah. growing, yeah. right? And you highlight like where all the growth is and the benefits of the growth. Yeah. Uh, is there a way to showcase, right, and market that to where it is more informative than uh, bragging? That's what we're trying to do on this right? podcast is yep. not but bragging does that, about does that, it. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yep. So we're trying to do that here. We, you know, we've only got It sounds like bragging because sometimes that's the only people we've had on. Yeah. Right, but we're not really doing that. We're trying to. But we've also had people on that that didn't rag on downtown, but they had some reservations about certain things and yep. thought that it needed to be a little more diversity in some of the different things going on. But because because my point is, <clears throat> I'll give you an example. Uh, the Johnny Carson mural. Yeah. Right. Before that, it was just a parking lot. Yeah. And for the longest time. The farmers market was over by Hy-Vee. It was at the mall. It was at the it was, mall. Yeah. It was over at the mall, yeah. right? And when it was brought about that the farmers market was going to move 
to there that was some space. reservations there was some reservations and the reason why there was some reservations is the the lack of connection with the shift from the mall to that space right and to sell the idea of look what this space can look with the farmers market here yeah yeah i don't think that information really got to that until after the space was built and then they moved there and then they saw wait wait a minute it is actually way more beneficial after the fact is when they yeah. figured out how beneficial having the farmers market well there, and like i said and more how it's interactive it's more interactive than being at the mall yeah you know yeah. So, yeah, we, we, I, I don't like, I'm not bashing the newspaper or anything else, but the, I don't always think they give the whole story, Yeah, which is what we're trying to do here. So like right, right, jo- right. Josh brought the farmer's market up the last, when he was on. Oh, no way. Josh Moaning did. Because yep. he oh. said, he said it was a very hard transition to come over there because the, the vendors even thought that it was going to be <laughs> a, 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 a downtick in, in people, but they said they're, they're booming. There's vendors yeah, that weren't more doing well. They're now doing great. It is it, Saturday morning when the farmer's market is open. Uh, you see a whole different picture of what Saturday morning used to be before that. Mm-hmm. Right? You know? And it's funny. Like, I barely talk to Josh. Yeah. You know? But the funny thing is, uh, like, he, he's, he, I'll tell you a story. I have a lot of stories. So when I opened for 11... And it's like my first week. This guy walks in with glasses on. Because <laughs> I never talked to anybody when I was doing it. Yeah. Because I didn't know anyone. I was just building this yeah. thing. That <laughs> right. And the sign goes up and we open. <laughs> and I'm just like, because you know, other cities, like, the mayor never comes around. Like, right. no one ever comes around. You can open up shop and be opening for a whole year and you never see him. Right. So he walks in and the guy with glasses is like, hey, how are you doing? Like, hey, do you like a table? <laughs> he had no idea who he was, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, hey, uh, my name is Josh. And I'm the mayor and I like what you've done with the place. And I'm like, oh, cool. Because, <laughs> you know, you don't expect it. Yeah, like, right. you know, I normally don't have like, uh, like words ready for stuff like that or yeah. what I'm going to say. Right. But we sat down and we chopped it up. And um, I think that's when he told me about the plans for downtown yeah. that I had no clue about. Because I yeah. was just like, I need, I need, I'm need, i desperate. So that's I crazy need. to know that. I, I, I bet you 100% yeah. most of the city thinks that it was all a, a, a group thing. No, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, you just saw an empty spot and said, let's yeah. go. Yeah. So I didn't know any of like the development or anything like the plans. And so when I, uh, I think we, we sat down uh, a couple of days later and it was like, man, it's really good that you've done this because we have this in the works. And as he starts explaining to me and I'm like, oh, you know what? This fits right in. And it just happened organically yeah. that you guys already had a plan, and then yeah. this comes in, so it just adds on to that yeah. without ever talking. And that's right. like the, the 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 pureness, and that's the the good thing that can come about. And till today, like uh, I'm like trying to pinch myself and be like, what are the odds or what are the chances? Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. you look at and you're right uh, in the middle of it. 
Yeah, because look at Columbus. Yeah. Like, you got to flip a coin and just be super lucky to be in the middle of, you know, going to a small town like that and just fall in line with uh, the progress What's that they're planning. On? Yeah. Yeah. So, and it fit right in and... <laughs> That's great. Um, so that's really funny. I, I, hopefully, we're, we're trying to get a little more outreach on this podcast, and we're really hoping we get yeah. more listeners. That'd be a, a nice little token for them to yeah. hear that. Oh, all, yeah. all your so, um, your quote unquote haters out there. I, I don't have any haters. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's just uh, uh, a disconnect. Yeah. And then uh, I, I misunderstand. That's what we're trying to bring. We, and I appreciate yeah. you doing that. I, I love the idea of the podcast. I, I, I can't wait to see this scale beyond what it is. We're hoping so. Because, uh, oh, you're what? We're, ho- we're hoping it gets scaled bigger, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, besides this, is there any other podcast? <laughs> not that There's I know some of. people that have some around, yeah. but. Not, not focusing on on uh, the community, I don't think. Not not yeah. that I've really heard. We're yeah. just trying to, <clears throat> and yeah, we're just like he says. We're just trying to. It's kind of one of these things, and yeah, we focus a lot on Norfolk, but it's really Northeast Nebraska, yeah, everything in the area. And we'd love to expand on that too. Yeah, it, Nebraska. it would be cool if I get, uh, if you can get the girl who runs four eleven, and the girl what do you mean if runs, we can get? Well, you should get a man. <laughs> Do you, know, do, we, do, do, we do, know do we know somebody, somebody that knows him? Uh, I, 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 <laughs> you? Oh, yeah. Do you, do, you, yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you know a guy? I, well, <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll ask them, but because yeah. they're very young, yeah. single moms, and I think they can tell you guys a story. Um, well, I think I might have already, I might already be wanting to bring one of them on. Who's is uh, the fender? Yeah, Skyler and um, yeah. Carrie Ann. So over I know at, uh, them both. I've already talked to Skyler about doing it. She doesn't yeah. think she has anything to bring to it. I think she would be I, great I, on I here. I think she would be a voice of reason yeah. to... Uh, I don't think a lot of single moms that go to work every day get enough credit, especially after the last year with uh, the daycare situation. Yeah. And I'm just saying it because I saw it firsthand how... Uh, they had to navigate and still get to work. Right. You know, and if they can share, like, their thoughts and experiences on how that, because, uh, <clears throat> like, if you talk to Carrie Ann, like, I work, I work with them because I understand, like, uh, balancing that responsibility and uh, the demands for work. Right. Uh, they're not the only ones who've gone through that, yeah. and it'd be nice to hear, uh, like, the process, right? You know, I I know it, yeah. But if they can get on this, I'm pretty sure most of the listeners can be able will be able to relate, yeah. Because they they're getting it from first hand. Because I can sit here and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, they're you know, uh, single single parents and single single moms, and they're running two stores, and they got it figured out. Yeah, yeah. They like, tell me they got it figured out, but I want to know the recipe. <laughs> like we love we love having guys like you and Andrew on, but obviously we want we, we our our goal was to bring you guys on because you guys are well known in the community. Yeah, and we needed you guys. It just is both both sides to yeah bring some Outreach. audience in, but the real goal was to talk to people like Skyler, people yeah. that. Uh, maybe aren't always acknowledged in the community that 
have a story to tell yes. and, and can help other single moms out or uh, whoever. And that, that's really um, the, the goal. And obviously we want to highlight you guys too. Well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And you didn't have to, but hey, it's an honor. And I, I talk I, to you all the time when I'm at Fenders and we run into each other and, and we have <laughs> conversations. And, yeah. and I've always thought our conversations were very uh, organic and unique. Yes. Uh, I think you have a unique outlook on life. I'd like to think so. <laughs> I think you do. Um, you take uh, you take criticism well. Oh yeah, uh, you have to. Yeah. Like um, anyone who can't take criticism in what we do. Uh, you're going into it knowing you can't please everybody. Yeah. And um, yes, does it get to you? Yeah. It's just how long does it take you to get over it? Yeah. And got to brush it off. Just brush to an it extent. Off. That was yeah. half our thing starting this podcast. Uh, <laughs> was yeah. thinking, oh, people aren't going to like it, or or people are going to give us shit about certain things or whatever. But we're like, we're not going to change the way we want to do it. Yeah. We're not going to change the way we speak about things. We're not going to change the way we ask questions yeah. based on the guest. Like, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. I've, uh, I'd say it all the time. <clears throat> if it would have been up to me, we would have never started the podcast, even though we both <laughs> talked about it every time. Yeah. And Zach finally pulled the trigger. Like he just finally said, Hey, I bought it. There you you bought what? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I podcast. didn't even tell him I was ordering it. I yeah. just bought he said, it. It's here. It. He goes, it's, it's here. That's like, that, what's here? That, that's what I did podcast with Fenders. Equipment. I didn't tell my wife about it. <laughs> you told me that. I, yeah, I love that story. Yeah. Yeah. I came home. I was like, uh, we have a coffee shop. What? <laughs> <laughs> she thought I was joking. Like, no, I got the key. I'll go take you. Check it out. I'm like, uh you're joking, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> Come with me. And I opened the door. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be the coffee shop. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we were supposed to go to Kenya. That was uh, 2022, so June, right? And she's like, uh, so do you still plan on going to Kenya if you're doing this coffee shop? I'm like, yeah. yeah. So so you're going to build it when you're in Kenya too? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, man. <laughs> That's funny. It's better to uh, ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but... Um, <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, that's one thing I, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to have regrets because uh, during, <clears throat> like, when uh, Rapid City was growing, because Rapid City was just like this, like, back in, what, 2009? Mm -hmm. And I remember, what what's that, Keystone Hill City? Um, right next to the Civic Center, um, you could buy real estate in Rapid City, uh, on those areas like the Deadwood, up in the yeah. hills, the Black Hills, fifty grand, a beat up house that yeah. is on a hill, barely just hanging on the foundation, and fast forward to today. People are fixing those up, putting right. them on the market for 450K. <laughs> and I'm like, right. I was there, you know? Yeah. Right. And it's crazy how an area can turn around just because of the infrastructure that was put in place yes. in the city or whatever. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I, once I saw that, I, I just told myself any opportunity that presents itself. And, um, 
logistically I'm able to make it happen. Even yeah. you have to, because um, I can't have that many regrets. So so far, I've mentioned how many <laughs> or fear of missing out, right? What's that? Or fear of missing out? Yeah, fear yeah, of missing, missing out on something. Out, yeah, you know, little FOMO. Um, <laughs> Everything. Everybody that has success it, it has a level of risk. I mean, it takes yeah. risk. Yeah. You have to risk. It. it <clears throat> nobody's successful without risking something. Yeah, and that's why I like this. Con- like I. When I have a conversation with someone, uh, <clears throat> regardless of who they are, mm-hmm. uh, I am trying to get as much helpful information that I can. Because people are also really stingy with like the the good information. To help out, right? Yeah, the good information is not like readily available. Like you have to on like some certain level of uh, I wouldn't even say trust. Like yeah. they some, a certain level of respect before they can share that information. That's how it feels yeah. like. I used to be that know? way. Do, do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, because I, I used to be that way. I used to, I used to withhold a lot of information if I felt that it was valuable or whatever. And now yeah. I'm to the point where I I try to help as many people as I can. Like I'm I'm, yeah. su- I, you know, I, I'm not going to try to say I'm successful, but I'm, I've got a successful business. I've got my yeah. wife has one. Um, we're trying to get a successful podcast, but I try to yeah. share as much information with the younger kids or anybody that, that yes. wants it. Um, because it's helpful. Like uh, uh, it makes you feel good too. Uh, my landlord. Uh, Russ Wilcox. Yeah. You know, like when I was going into 411, I knew how to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, I could put a business plan together. I could train people on mm-hmm. cocktails and all that. I didn't know jack about leases. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. Like when, when it comes, because that? that, that's, that's now on that other level of the business side. <laughs> I didn't know jack about leases. I didn't know uh, uh, the licensing part of things. Yeah. Uh, uh, the tax forms that you have to, because the restaurants are different. Like, people think, like, you just go and you put up a kitchen and you order food. I mean, there's a lot of contingencies that there's you have to There's a lot of compliance meet. things yeah, you got to meet. Yes. And, yeah. And it's a lot, lot. Just before you can even put a freaking steak on a plate. Right. Yeah. You know? But... He was cool enough to be like, hey, this is how, because uh, remember, it's one, it was an old building. You're renovating it. So there's really no value to it. Yeah. So <laughs> so uh, he took me under his wing and he showed me how uh, to structure the lease. Yeah. And by, by doing that, uh, he was very honest, but he was kind of like teaching me because right. he knew I didn't know Jack. And um, well, that was good that he did that because some people might have take advantage, advantage of you. Yeah, yeah, but he also saw like the the determination that I had to mm-hmm. like not set me up for failure. Because right. remember, I'm in a space that's not supposed to be a restaurant, right. but I had something to prove. Right. And he wanted to see it go through. Yeah, you know, right. And I have fond respect. Like, till today, like, if he calls me up and he's like, yo, Danny, uh, change this. Because uh, original 411, the walls were supposed to be boots. Mm. Not oh, tables. yeah. And he came and he's like, bro. Uh, not what he said, bro, but yeah. he's like, hey, 
uh, it'll be for your best benefit if you just did tables yeah. instead of these. Yeah, better the, than the, the booths. Yeah, yeah, the booths will look really nice and all I'm that. Not a booth, I'm not a booth fan. Yeah, and you can't move them around, and it'll take up space. And yep, um, it's I a listen. different aesthetic too when yeah. you have that in there. So yeah. like till today, like he'll <laughs> he'll he'll you'll pull me inside and I'm like, hey, uh, you, you work on this and <laughs> fix that, yeah. you know. Um, and that's why part of being humble, that information will be presented to you. And uh, if I was like arrogant and kind, and it would be like, well, go find it yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, oh, here, just sign this. No, right. he sat down and threw it together. And it's like, these are your options. If you want to do it white box, and then you do the build out yourself, or we can do the whole build out. And uh, he captains it and do it this way because long time, you'll keep your rent low. and uh, as your assets depreciate, you expense it out, right? And so, yeah, um, now I can negotiate my own leases. There you go, and that's good, you know. Um, that's more uh, added education, and I share that with my staff, and that's why I'm telling you if you sat down with those two girls, I'm very transparent with them. They came in not having any managerial experience, experience, and um. They they do all the numbers everything. Uh, I've sat and talked to Skyler. Yeah, she is very educated on what you do and how things work. She she's she's good. Yeah, very good. She's very very smart. No, like, yeah. Uh, and she asks questions too. Even even to me, she'll ask yeah. me questions about oh, yeah. certain things that but I may be knowledgeable in. And but do you see what I mean? Someone like that, if she asks me a question and I'm withholding it. I am right, not exactly. helping her at all. Right. Because I what what when she, sometimes she'll ask me a question that, you know, um an average person should know. Right. But to me it means she's always had this question and the it's people that taught. have the answers have not given them. Yep. And uh so yeah. Um, so when you don't <clears throat> and if you don't answer that question then it then it's on you. Yeah. Then, then you're the bad guy. Like, if somebody asks me a question, I know the answer. I yeah. have to, I, my, <clears throat> like what you're saying is my moral compass says I have to give them that answer. Yeah. I have to, I'm, it, it's just the way I am. I'm going to give you that answer. Yeah. I think a lot of people <clears throat> withhold information, maybe not when they're asked. A yeah. lot of people, I'm that way. I don't, I'm not going to just throw out what I know unless yeah. somebody asks me. And then once they ask me, then I'll know. And I think there's a lot of people that are that way because, maybe in the past or whatever they've shared that information and yeah. it didn't it didn't get received it didn't somebody just didn't care they, well, they didn't, didn't take yeah. it and use it they didn't yeah. take it they didn't use and that it disappointment and that's, after a while just yeah. makes it like not why do i care time. at yeah. this point that's kind of, that's where yeah. i was it was i was giving it's, all this info frustrating. and nobody yeah. was using it so I'm like well where the fuck would i yeah, you want to keep, but if you so I just you hear somebody it. ask, then you're like, yeah. okay, I know this person is interested to yeah. get my answer to know they know what I know or they want to know what I know. Yeah, right. And then that makes you feel a lot better about answering that question. Because sometimes I feel like they think I have all the answers. Fake it till you make it. You know, yeah. yeah. And sometimes I'm like, uh, I'll get back to you and then I'll go home and like, <laughs> computer, hey, give me an answer real quick. <laughs> all right, all right. I told you I didn't have an answer, but when I see you again, I'll come back with an answer. <laughs> That's funny. You know, so, but yeah, so I try not to, uh, I, I'm very transparent. Like, if you ever talk to any of the staff, there's nothing that they're not exposed to. and There's yeah. nothing that they don't know. 
You know, even when we're not making money, I let them know, hey, you need to step it up. Look at the numbers. I put it right in front of them. Uh, when we have, like, comments like that, I say, hey, look, you know, uh, this is what's happening. Because technically, I can hide it from them. But when they find out and they say, hey, Danny, were you aware of this? And I say, oh, yeah, I was, but I didn't let you know. Then it's kind of... Then it looks bad on you. It looks bad, and then... Uh, the, the, the trust is kind of dwindling based yep. off of that, right? Yep. But so far, um, I don't care about the embarrassment that comes with being honest. You know, it actually makes me sleep a lot better. I would agree with you on that, to be honest with you. It's much easier to sleep and it's, uh, you, you know? get over it. Yeah. It stings for a minute, whereas the guilt for... It, it, <clears throat> it's not really the guilt on the other side is yeah. worse. Yeah. Embarrassment or whatever. Like, I mean, I, I always shame. see it as learning experiences. Learning yeah. experience. You know? It's easier to get over. I, I I can sit here and say, hey, you know what? 411 and Fenders has been like a walk in the park success, and there's never been any hurdles. But no, that would be BS. <laughs> Let me tell you, we struggle with it every day. There's challenges. There's days we walk in and we're like, Oh, espresso machine is broken, and the right. faucet over there is crapping out, and uh, this cooler needs fixed, and the truck didn't show up, and you know we, I just deal with it, you know, because um, I address it and I let them know, hey, these are machines; they're meant to break. Uh, they get old. It's gonna happen, right? It's gonna happen. It's not the end of the Don't world. Don't let it ruin your day, you know. So, but other than that, uh. And that happens in every industry, no matter what you're in. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Yeah. And it's a how you respond to it. Just yeah. don't. <clears throat> I mean, some people just crumble under pressure. Some people will step up to it. And it's just yeah. a matter of like teaching everybody, hey, yeah, we got this issue. What do we do first? Yeah. All right. We try to fix it. Yeah. Uh, we don't just assume somebody else is going to fix it because there's a lot of people out there that, uh, and that drives me crazy. Is like something goes wrong and they yeah. just don't even attempt. It's like, man, <laughs> like. <laughs> This take, is something. Take a breath. Take a yeah. deep breath. I don't need and to call somebody for this. Take it one piece at a time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you hear the IT thing. Did you shut it off? Turn it off. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times that works. <laughs> That's though. all I mean, you have yeah. to do. <laughs> it's not on everything, but there's times like, let's start with the most basic thing first. Yeah. Like, just yeah. just start here, and then we will work your way promise up. you we can figure it out. And if we can't figure it out, then we'll get somebody. Oh, they've become really good troubleshooters. Like, <clears throat> really good. Yeah. Because they have to, though. That build, Those buildings are old. Like, yeah. Th- yeah. Majority of the stuff in there wasn't designed to be in there. So it's not always going to. I've gone in there sometimes and I'm like, the man's bathroom light turns off and the women's bathroom light doesn't turn off. (laughs) And I have tried everything to figure out why it stays on, but I don't know. It happens. You know? But then the other day, stuff was like, hey, guess what? The lights were off. (laughs) (laughs) Even new construction has problems. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, but overall, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, well, you're doing good stuff, man. With, with where everything is. Um, I have no regrets. Uh, I, I feel very honored. Uh, I'm telling you, 10 years from 10 yeah. years ago, we would be having a very different conversation right. of not even having one, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to, to, to be able to be a part of something like this, like even my own family members are like, they didn't even see it coming. They just thought I was a party guy. And 
uh, carefree and right. now I have like mad responsibility. Yeah. Like my mad responsibility. You've seen what a, a, a sticker on the window can do. Right. So I have to acknowledge that and right. know that uh, 4.11 and Fender's presence is it's bigger than me. Yeah. Right. And I have to curate that. Uh, you don't want to leave a stain. Right. You know, uh, and the responsibility still lies on, you know, the, the black cow, the district tables, the, uh, bar A, the normal pizza, uh, like, I, what's that place? The O, yeah. you know, uh, at the end of the day, that blueprint that's going on right now, um, we're not the first ones. Right. You know, uh, at some point, the people who built the buildings who are, that are here in Norfolk and their time passed and our, our time will pass. But and somebody else will take over. Yes. So yeah. what we're doing right now, if we cherish it and we appreciate it as, more, as much and we appreciate it more, and that's why backlash like that really doesn't get to me. Yeah. Because it's going to pass. Yeah. yeah. And I've seen it. I'm only, what, 40? And I've seen I've seen it happen in Iowa City. I've seen it happen in Rapid City. And the excitement will pass and people will grow and they'll move on and the conversation will change. But for this time, like when we are sitting here talking about this and experiencing it, I'm embracing it to the fullest. Yeah. You know, and that's my respect. Yeah. So. Definitely. Moving on a little bit, we're going to go a little political. Right on. That's I, right with you. That, that is my weakest link. That's okay. <laughs> but I, I, I will do my best. I, I asked the same. If, if we were doing like music politics, <laughs> I'd kill it. We'll, we'll, do Just, another, we'll do another podcast on music sometime. Because I'm, I'm a big music fan, so maybe okay. sometime we'll have to sit down. and Music and sports. Yeah. Well, we, well, maybe, nah, maybe we'll, bring, would, you, we'll bring you over on useless assumptions and you can talk sports. Oh, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just saying, uh, I'll do my best. Though. What do yeah, you got? We ask this to every. Yeah, everybody gets to the every same guest, exact ones. They get the same exact questions. So don't worry. Okay. It's, it's not just for you. Right now. With an election year coming up, how do you feel about where the state of the country is right now? Do you and do you feel that we are being well represented at the state and federal levels? Uh, here in Norfolk. Oh, the, the state of Nebraska? The state of Nebraska, and then at the federal level, so the national government, presidencies, things like that. Oh. Do you feel like you're being well represented? Hang up. The president's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you ain't taking that yeah, shit yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's the president. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you are getting a, call, a phone call. It's the it's the lady of the house. Yeah, the queen, <laughs> the real president. <laughs> She's like, make sure you choose your answer correctly. <laughs> we are not gonna take any more backlash this coming yeah, right. week. <laughs> so, well, uh, it's a hard question. I know. There's a there's there's a lot of. Uh, you want my honest opinion? Yes, there's your a, honest opinion. Oh yeah. There's, there's a lot of created uncertainties, right? Uh, for the first time in my life, I feel as though, uh, like, 
we grew up in the nineties. We had direction. Yeah. We knew what to look forward to. Like I remember in times of tech. Yep. Like you knew like what to expect next year in terms of growth and like what's the coolest thing and there was like this uh, excitement and progression, right? But there's this feeling of everything is attainable to where uh, you lose interest in you, you you lose interest in uh, in dreaming or foreshadowing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like nothing is shocking anymore. Oh, I can see that. No, yeah, I can see yeah. that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> with with that, with nothing being like shocking, the reason why I say nothing is shocking anymore is. Uh, back in the day, like things would happen, but you don't really get the info- information right away, like firsthand. Unless it was absolutely monumental, was yes. the only time we'd get yes. it. Yes, but right. right now, all those shocking elements are so readily available. Even right now, you can go on your phone and whatever uh, outlet you're using, and you see it, you get immune to it. And it's like, hmm, I feel it. that I was literally just driving into town tonight thinking yeah. it's sensory overload. Yeah. There's so much that happens so yeah. fast that like, how do you even, what do you even do? What do you, because you think about like whatever side you're on, I look at it as like, if you're on one side, you're looking at it as a game. So like, yeah. uh, if I'm trying to beat this idea with my idea yeah but yet this idea's got coming boom 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 where do i where am i attacking first like yes. where am i where am i counterattacking here so uh with with that uncertainty and the the lack of the the, the shock factor uh we become numb to you, you there's no room to even raise the bar yeah right so uh, for like an election year, uh, I don't see anything that can top the past one, <laughs> unless you can top, top, top it. But there's like, do you, you see what I mean? Oh yeah. Because we saw, we all saw it firsthand, and we're like, okay, we took it in, and it happened, and then okay, so. Uh, I'm, 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 I feel like we just wait. Wait for it to happen? That's yeah. You know, like you can't plan. I yeah. mean, you can talk theory and all that, but uh, is, is that making sense? Yeah. No, I see. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, so do you think there's a way... Um, do you think there's a way to change that societally? Uh, no. that That's like... It's, it's that's what the future, it's, that's it's what the future what is. is. And so how do we adapt? Uh, how do you adapt to it is... <laughs> um, this The way I feel right now, I think we'll become less remorseful. And I don't feel that's a good thing. 
Yes, but that's that's the the adapting. Like he he's he's a good example, right? Like 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 you say, something terrible happens, and you hear about it, but you don't see it right away, and you got this. Oh man, unbelievable, right? But um, now because there's references to all those incidences like right away, and they don't filter them. I mean, they try now. You, by filtering, like, you know, you go to the outlet and uh, they'll be blurred or whatever. And I've seen, I mean. You get so immune yeah. to it yeah. to where it's not, it's it's not, it, it, it doesn't create a reaction anymore. It doesn't worry you? Huh? Does that worry you? Societally, with this, with. If everybody's getting that way, does that worry you yeah, in the future, for the future? Because you, you're losing that, or worrying uh, for your kids, basically. Yeah, because you're losing that uh, that touch, that sensitivity that people used to have. It's 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 when they say desens- desensitized. Yeah, desensitized. You know? yeah. and um, there's still care and all this, but it, it's a different kind of care because they're <clears throat> they're disconnecting because they're not can, they're not connecting it with them at home they're yes. they're disconnected from it yeah so i <clears throat> i look at a way to adapt being and i think it'll happen yeah. as we become more local like we're so like we talked about earlier the, the world is so it's so small now yeah. because you can talk about I, I know where you're going with that yeah mm-hmm. but i think yeah. we're going to have to get back into a community like we, everybody's gonna shrink down to smaller communities. We're gonna go to state to yeah. local to or yeah. state to yeah. regional to yeah. county to town, mm-hmm. and then you're gonna be. <clears throat> it's clicky, yeah. but at least you're you're. Uh, how do I explain it? You're you you know somebody's got your back basically, yeah. and the, so I mean it'll it'll create like. Small, I think it'll bring small the family bubbles. unit back. Yeah, it'll bring, but it'll it'll be like very small bubbles. Yes. What is I your thought on the family unit? Obviously, your 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 family unit is still together, connected. Yeah, like the nuclear um, family. The unit. nuclear family. You get mm-hmm. the wife, the kids. You guys are together. Do you think that's very important? And that's it's complicated now. Because uh, the family unit, the traditional family unit, is not in existence anymore. And. Whether you like it or not, we have to accept the new family unit. There's family units that is uh, two moms, or there's right. family units that's two dads, and right. uh, there's family units where it's two moms, one dad, and that's just the direction, and mm-hmm. you can't fight it. Right, which, which I, that's okay. I'm, all, I'm okay with that. I'm just yeah. saying... Um, we go back to the single moms and stuff and how much they struggle. Do you think that it's still important to have the, whether it's two moms and the kids or two dads and the kids or whatever, do you think it's important to have the full family unit still together? Whether it's changing or not. Whether it's changing or not. I feel, we, we I think we both feel that having the family unit together, whether, whether whoever, whatever it is, yeah. um, it's important to have it together yeah. to... Um, I think it creates a... Uh, it's an advantage, yeah, and it's better off, in my opinion. Do you feel that way, or kid? What are your thoughts? There's yeah. outliers. I out mean, there. I, I I still respect the. Uh, oh, yeah, and, and it's not I, at the end of the uh, yeah, but at at the end of the day, it all comes down to the 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 happiness of the family unit, right? Yeah. 
right? Right. Um, I was trying to pay attention to what was that? The drama that was happening in uh, was it November? <laughs> Over in uh, Israel and Gaza. Oh, yeah, we, we, we talked about that a lot, yeah. Right. And I'll be honest with you. Before Israel and Gaza, I had a very optimistic outlook on on life. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's been a lot of wars and all that. But for a good four, three weeks straight, Right. The footage that was presented, good or bad, whatever it is, uh, I wish I'd have never seen it. Right. Don't it? Right? But because human brains are freaking curious and they just... <laughs> do, you th- do you feel it's important to see some of that, though? No. I, I feel like it is. Well... To see it, the reality it, it, of it. It, 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 was, it was not important to me. Even though it was important when I'd hear it, mm-hmm. but to see it, yeah, to visualize and it. not and visualize it, and then try to understand, mm-hmm. um, it brings a it br- it brings a, a a sense of insecurity, and I, I'm I'm still trying to understand like. Um, so they're like the I'm I'm mostly talking about the kids. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh like cuz cuz kids are like this vulnerable like fragile mm-hmm. element, right? Yeah. And till till today like we talk about like yo the kids, but I don't think people really 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 like minute minute, right? After that, when I see it, yeah, because it it just turned into uh, I never want to see that again. But I don't. I mean, yeah, I've, miserable. I've, but now going back to the family unit, because uh, our kids have to grow up, right, right, and whatever happened in that November has already started created a conversation as to how the outlook should be. Yeah. Right. Do you do you sympathize? Oh I mean how how do you look do, is that making sense? Yeah. Is is there any sympathy at all? Or do we just uh it didn't happen to us, so uh brush it off. It uh <clears throat> I don't have kids, so I don't know how I would I I struggle with that myself. Like yeah. it I don't ever look at it as it didn't happen to me, so I don't care. It it literally angers me to my like to my core. It yeah. hurts me. It's I d I don't like seeing that stuff. And it's I'm just not like, I'm not taking sides. I'm <clears> talking <throat> about like what happened to both sides in yeah. terms of like like the families, right? Yeah. And to broadcast that. And just show it. And I'm like, so you've seen it. You can't take it out of your hand. Right. It's there forever. And yeah. yeah. And I was I was driving around with the kiddos and I'm like trying to put myself in 
that situation. And I don't care how tough you are, but that stuff breaks you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you have a fond respect and even more love for your kids. You know? Yep. So. And surprisingly, you'd be surprised how many people don't even go see that stuff. You'd be surprised. Like us sitting here like in this room. Like what we're talking about yeah. is really yeah. like actually going yeah. and and yeah. and, right. and uh, actually s- trying to do some research and seeing it. You'd be surprised yeah. how many people don't even do that. They just speak on what they've heard or yeah, whatever. But would the twenty twenty four election change anything in terms of stuff like that? I don't know. No, you know we can. It'll sit take here. some time before we, any of that. Yeah. But we can sit here and uh, contemplate, contemplate, and uh, share points. But do you watch uh, the debates at all? No. Am I supposed to? No. Like, I just uh, which debates are you supposed? To? The pre- presidential debates. No, not yet. That's okay. Uh, you're not missing anything. <laughs> so they, are they crazy? They just fight each other. Yeah. On both sides, it's not. Uh, we're we always are proponents of actual. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. And right now all they do is just bash each other. We've been so. really big proponents, of, obviously, with this podcast. It's a yeah. long-form yeah. conversation, and long-form conversations seem to be <clears throat> a lot better because you uh, you dissect the everybody's thoughts. Like you, yeah. you have your time to go through your ideas, and um, you're explaining it better, and you're getting a little pushback, and, but it's yeah. under a respectable amount. Conversation type of thing, so we were really big on that. And the debate form isn't really that; it's more of a just quick two hitters. You get two minutes here, you get two minutes here, you yeah. get two minutes. So they here. don't really feel finish everything they would like to. Yeah, and they're constantly fighting. Yeah, which uh, some of them do the long form interviews and stuff, but then some mm. of them we've had politicians we've talked to that <clears throat> and Zach had won somebody, and he's. He didn't want to come do it because he said, "No, it's just a, we got to do a short form." And I was like, "No, we're we're doing it. If we're going to interview you, it's how, long how do you guys? So, because uh, you're more American than I am, mm-hmm. and well, I, we're I, all I, Americans here. We're, yeah, yes. we're both. We're but, all Americans. But like, 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 if you ask me about like the Kenyan political uh, culture, right? Uh, Are you versed in it? Because I don't know anything about it. Well, uh, like just from what I hear and what yeah. I read, there's like corruption and yeah. there's oh, that's here too. Like uh, a lot of the money that's supposed to go away, it's supposed to go or the help and like nothing. Not okay. None of the promises it's lying in somebody's pockets. None of the promises are ever ever come to fruition. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then there's letdowns. Yep. And it's like every year because there's a letdown and a letdown and a letdown and a letdown. Uh, is there uh, like a, a system or a plan that anyone ever sticks to? <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. It no? seems like uh-huh. uh, it seems like the politicians get rich. They do. That's <laughs> what it well, seems like to me. That's the way I read there's, it. There's a lot of different reasons for that. Yeah. But it's true. But they're also able to... So they're the ones that are the regulators, right? Yeah. Politicians regulate yeah. how yeah. things are done yeah. in America. Yeah. Well, they can also still trade on the stock market. Yeah. 
Because I remember taking a class. So they can regulate those companies. I, I remember taking a <laughs> class and they would say uh, the people in those positions are regarded as highly intelligent. <clears throat> and that's why they stay in those positions because they can make wise, smart choices. And uh, like a good example, like if you go, if you look at like corporations, right? Like mm. during the, all the banks, like a CEO goes, messes up and then. Uh, he leaves that company and goes, goes to, to another, another company. And because they're regarded as highly intelligent, mm-hmm. like they're special, yeah. and without them in those positions, things would be difficult or things wouldn't work out. It seems like a lot of smoke and mirrors to me. It's a lot of smoke the way and I look at it. But do, do you think he had, like, like, you know how you highlight, like, the, um, when you when you highlight like the progress and like what uh, things we have done, I'm pretty sure there's people who look at us like that and they feel like we had, even when we are at fault, right? I, You're talking like if you're talking downtown Norfolk, like you're trying to go into that where like you're progressing that. Yeah. Uh, Because that's how... I think there's that, but not yeah. really to the same extent. Whereas when we're talking, when you talk a CEO to jump into CEO, like they'll they'll ruin a bank and go not lose any money and go to another bank and yeah. have the same job, make more money. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing in politicians. Politicians take money; they don't make money. Well, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, Elon Musk makes; he's a maker. Yeah. Whereas Elizabeth Warren has literally contributed nothing to society, and she just takes money. She just makes money off. Or of the a stock lot market. of these politicians will go from being politicians to being CEOs They'll of be these companies a, because yeah. they were yeah. probably they were given money and promised as long as you regular. do these regulations. So it has nothing to do with the skill and ability. Zero. I don't think so. I look Not at anymore. it. Used to. Used to. Oh, okay. So you talk about the progress of it, like, yeah. and I look at the progress that we make here. Uh, statewide we make nationally we can make progress and then you look at the corruptions like what could we do as a society yeah if we weren't held back by our elites quote-unquote elites yeah. i hate calling them elites but yeah the ruling class if we weren't held back by them if they weren't taking off the top or doing whatever they were doing how good could we be as a society like what could we actually what could we actually uh get uh, accomplished in our i mean i i think it, it the sky's the limit i think yeah. the yeah. american spirit and including i mean obviously you're an american and you clearly are an entrepreneur yeah you have a great vision and you've done a lot of stuff we as americans the amount of stuff we could do i think is just is astronomical yeah. look at how successful we can be already yeah and it is I, and that's the other thing i like i think about like yeah I talked about like it getting it. It's so much sensory overload. And then you also look at the good and it's like, all right, we are succeeding. We are doing better in this. We're doing, so you gotta, like you said, you gotta look at the small victories. Yes. And, uh, I'd sometimes I find myself having a hard time looking at those small (laughs) victories, but I need to get better at it. That's one, that's one area that has always, uh, stopped me is the politics, the, the, the politics, I mean, it's frustrating. I, I think everybody plays politics. You, I've, I've come to the conclusion to to get ahead, you have to play politics, 
And which is frustrating. Politics really doesn't favor the one who's not playing politics. Well, we're Absolutely. trying. Not, we're you trying know, very hard I mean, not to do that on this podcast. Yeah. So no, no, no. But by by me saying that, it's not like taking sides. But even yeah. even in the workplace, there's politics. No, oh, that's yeah. what I mean. If you want to move yeah. up, you gotta get in with the good. Yeah. Right. And, you gotta uh, and, and kiss somebody's ass. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's always there. Like, and you can find a worker who's uh, way more thorough. But because they're not as um, involved in the politics, uh, opportunities just pass and pass and pass. And they're there for like 20, 30 years doing the same thing. And then everybody else gets ahead. And I think that's just the, the order of things. Yeah. You know? And Which needs to change. I, 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 you I think, think in the end it gets, I think in the end it's, I believe in the end it works itself out. But yeah. yeah. Because um, uh, I think the the way it's been laid out is you have to be an incredible genius. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I don't think you have to be. You know. I mean, it feels it feels like. Look at our like, president. Yeah, he can't put you know, two words together. Yeah, so. but you don't it, have to be smart. You just have to be corrupt. Or yeah, but you got to have the right but, friends. Yeah, but just just uh, like that position of being a president. Like even if you look at back in history, like. And they had like the kings and all that. Yeah. They were the ones who people went to for direction and answers. Yeah. And they even if they didn't have the right direction and right. answers, but they, you know, um, do, do you think that is that touch is not there anymore? No, I would I would not go to our president for direction. <laughs> so. But do, do you know what I mean? Like you know, that, you know that, the thing. That, that what it used to be. That's what it used to be, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. What, yeah what, like when they talk, not that long ago. Yeah, actually. like when they talk, you listen, and yeah. you're like, okay, this is important. But I don't even think any speeches move people anymore. Mm. Not from I. I've heard. I've heard some some speeches that have really moved me, not from politicians. Yeah, not from I mean, politicians. Really? Yeah. I've not, no, not, in a not while. So they're not convincing anymore. <laughs> not, they're just not, not, uh, not they're not gen, they're not genuine. Yeah. Who, who, politicians anyway. Who, what speech are you talking about? That was like an example. Like, uh so my favorite speech of all time yeah. uh is Jimmy V, Jimmy Valvano. Did okay. a, he did a a speech and it doesn't re- it was uh uh, was and he won an SB award. He's a former yeah. coach, basketball coach. Yeah, but he did the speech about cancer and about. Yeah. He's basically just talking about. Uh, I mean, it was his going away speech. Basically, yeah. he talked about. Uh, th- there's three things you need to do and be moved to laughter, moved yeah. to tears, and hug somebody. If you do that and pray, you have a you have a uh, you have a full life. You have yeah. a full day. That's a full day. And if you do that, and I, I just take that to heart. That's a really good. Like Who's that. that one? The one you brought up on your mom and dad's podcast, Jimmy V. Yeah. No, the other speech. Oh yeah, and that other one. I I always forget the guy's name. But, but see, he, see, at that time, like when you get a speech like that, like nowadays, uh, you can uh, you can be very uh, articulate and have a very moving speech. Like right now, we can sit down right here and uh, put some words together that are so encouraging, and they're like, and they're like inspiring, right? And people can take that and like misinterpret and like uh, distort it to where uh, it will reach the audience, 
right? Because back in the day, like, those words carried weight. But nowadays, like, I've seen, like, speeches getting twisted and oh, mocked. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and taken out of context. And yeah. taken out of context. And they go from something really good to uh, it's just trash. Yeah. yeah. Right? Even though it's coming from a sincere place. But there's that. People have that power with the technology and all the outlets to do that and the nothing it's like words are not holding any meaning right and that's that's the sad part like this podcast yeah we can do it for three hours and it just takes someone who's like oh well let me show you i will just take this clip and it. then clip, clip it, it and then yeah. and everything we have talked about can be uh well, the nice thing and about this podcast is we don't right? edit it ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, yeah but <laughs> and, do you see what I mean? Because yeah. we've yeah. we've discussed a lot of important information we that have. could be useful. Yeah. And back in the day, like that would hit the masses. Yeah. yeah. But We're now, hoping if it hits the masses, and then you have like. Um, Somebody could clip it. The yeah. Tr- trolls and, and, will clip and, it. Yeah, yeah, and that's whatever. what happens yeah. with all that information and. Um, It'll be interesting to see this election year because you know what was not there the previous election years? AI. Yeah, And I want to see, because I have seen... I think this will be the last one before AI is... AI is there. I don't think it's fully there. But this will be the last one. But remember, the last elections, there was no voice manipulation with AI. Because you imagine now those those political ads, and you just take a voice, and you just the people are gonna make their own ads. Think think how many people thought that that Jim Harbaugh clip. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. but it's still that's still a little bit off. But that's new. That's that's why you got to know where you're getting your information from. Though I think this is the last time. I think it'll be so good the next election that. It's going to be bad, yeah. How are you going to tell? You won't be able to believe your eyes or your ears. Yeah. That's what I'm really afraid of and now, for our country. Can you imagine all that confusion? Because <laughs> I've seen, like, uh, what was that? That was a video of, uh, gosh, what was it? Um, it wasn't a coach from Colorado. Um, so Jim Harbaugh. Coach from the Michigan, Michigan coach. Was that it? Yeah. He talked they, about. They, they, uh, he was talking about playing. <laughs> he talked about uh, Iowa. Yeah. About how bad I mean, Iowa that's was. The one I was talking yeah. about. I thought it was real. I thought it was real too, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" <laughs> then I listened to it the second time, and I thought, yeah. "But we it, played it, that on our podcast." We did play it on but our podcast. But in this yeah. day and age, where people only want to listen to a minute clip and make right. jump into a conclusion, yeah, right. You really had to look at that one too. Yeah, you had yeah. to see yeah. the. So and. I think it's a, it is a good way to end the podcast because just a sign on the door made people jump into a conclusion about who I am and they didn't even give me a split second to explain <laughs> myself. Yeah. The moral of the story is I hope we can uh, come up with a, a system that restores that um, that power that words have. Yeah. Because the way they're juggling it and... Uh, are you, are you guys really religious? I am. He um, is. I'm, are, I'm so so. You, okay. Um, there's that story of, uh, I don't know who the people are, but um, I guess they were all speaking the same language. They were all speaking the same language, and then he decided to build a, a, a tower. tower. Babel. Is that it? It's the tower and they Babel. wanted to build it and then try to reach in the heavens and... Um, 
I guess God saw that and decided to make him speak in tongues, and then they were not able to communicate. Everybody and, was speaking a different language. Yeah, yep. and they were not able to communicate, and it caused uh, disorganization and chaos, and they never fulfilled their goal. But uh, if you can look at this day and age with technology and uh the, the social media platform and all that. Technically, everybody is speaking the same language. Right. I have busy seen... beating the same drum. seen a lot of comparisons to the Tower of Babylon stuff right? that's going on now. It's, people have made that comparison before. Yes. But yeah. And uh, could you imagine the same information uh, being passed around by that many people and trying to reach one common goal. <laughs> All right. You know? there's, there's a lot of people that you could have two people look at the same reality and see yeah. two different realities. Yeah. And they'll never agree. They'll always see two yes. different realities. So, and I think that's what tech does, has done. And it's like fast hand, like really quick. Like something happens in another country tonight. You can get it if you're awake right away. You know, and you can yeah. flip it by the morning. I sit down and you say, hey, guess what? Well, this happened, but I'm misinterpreting the information yeah. to you. Right. And it's not firsthand what you, you know, and it just, then I go and I tell my friend that's completely different. And that's what the game of telephone. Yeah. 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 I think technology is a, is a great thing. It has so many good ups, upsides. Yeah. It also has downfalls. And I think, <clears throat> and I think our generation or maybe the generation right after us or when we were growing up with it, yeah. I don't think we all understood what it could do. And like, we didn't understand the downfalls of it. Nobody yeah. did. But and we so were everybody, excited with we it. We were excited. You know? And I think that was the problem. Nobody really paid attention to what, what the negative aspects of it are. And we just kind of jumped into it head first and just, ah, whatever happens, happens. Yep. Yeah. And now we're paying for it a little They're bit. not even in control of yeah. like... Uh, what was that I encountered? Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna put them on blast because I'm not happy. Anyway, like the POS system I used in the restaurant, yeah. right, has a lot of data in it, and so those ones you have the option to lease them when you first open, mm -hmm. and I think the lease is like uh, five years, and. Uh, you, you pay for them, they'll they give you the option to lease to own at the end of the lease term, you can own the equipment. Yeah. Or you can renew your lease. <laughs> but here's the catch. They get outdated like your cell phone. Yeah, as soon as you yeah. as soon as you own it, you basically I, have to get yeah. a new one anyway. And then they're like, well, uh, you can keep them, but uh, because your lease is up, it, it happens to fall right when uh, they're phasing out. And I'm sitting there like, okay, so you're telling me I can pay them off and then you're not going to update them if they need an update unless I get the new ones. And to get the new ones, I got to sign a lease. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. And I was like, so you're not really in control of that. Yeah. And uh, that's the future. I think even like uh, what, your electric cars and all that. Mm -hmm. Even Not even the electric cars, just your regular, regular car. Right. Yeah, they're there's so much technology tech in them. driven, you know. 
You don't make your car payment. <laughs> Shut <laughs> you shut off. Down. Shut it down, <laughs> yeah. We'll come pick it up on the side of the highway. <laughs> they don't even have to pick it up. <laughs> you just leave it. Cause right. they, yeah. You know, but that's where tech is going. And I hope they can uh, allow more control. But I don't know. That's a, <laughs> probably another different subject. But it, it's a very interesting unknown phase that we're going into. Um like the next ten years, and yeah. uh, I hope it 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 it. I hope it is more gradual, in terms of adaptation, than like just right, so, just so right. fast. Yeah, so fast. You can hope for that, but it's probably going to be fast. Yeah, and just keeping up because you also have to remember there's uh, the elderly, right? You know. Um, trying to get them caught up to that pace, and yeah, it's tough to do, right? So, uh, for the young kids, shoot, they, they telling you, well, they're right in it, yeah, yeah, they're right in it, and um, other than that, hey, thank you very much. Did we beat the three? We yeah, did. We, yeah, we, we, beat we beat it by it. quite a bit. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think I'm we should bring you on about. again sometime and talk some more about other. You, you get some uh, good yeah. insights on other good. subjects than just. We, we didn't even got to talk about like food. I like know. The I know. Dishes and I know. I had, I had it kind of in here, but the first, uh, the first episode. So we'll have you on again because yeah. we're gonna have multiple people on again, yeah. and we'll we'll do another episode talking about the food, how you came about with the menu, and yeah, that'll be dope. Once we get know. talking, it it well, it doesn't easy. take long to yeah. get to three hour and thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, we, I was trying to sum up, what, 20 years worth of work in a very short period yeah. of time. You so know? We, I think we bring you on again later in the year. Yeah, that will be cool. Maybe this summer sometime. We try to break uh, those episodes out a little bit. I'll, I'll be in Kenya. I plan on going to Kenya in July. In so we'll, July. Get you on, we'll get you on before. Well, maybe we... Like mid-July. Maybe, maybe after Kenya. Maybe we'll get you on yeah. after Kenya. we talk about that. Right on. We can get you on multiple times. That'd be really cool. We, we can't like control this. So like, yeah. if you want to come on and... We actually, months. we might have video and stuff, and like I told if you had, about that. It, by yeah. that time, you'd have we might have pictures. If you have pictures and stuff, we could put we could on show those on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So that'd be really cool if we if we did it after Kenya, probably. Yeah, because yeah. I'm I'm working on some projects down here. Um, I'd like to. Uh, so my cousin owns a tourism resort, and last year when I was down there, they were like, "Hey, you should come do like a." A, a cooking session where, yes. uh, like a guest appearance and I was like okay well if I'm gonna do it I'm gonna bring a bartender from here <laughs> and uh, it's sorry to cook and it's all uh, they pay for the flights and accommodation I think we were supposed to do it for was it in December for like three days but I got busy and yeah. uh, but the goal is I'd like to Take one, take some of your people. some of the people down there, and then not only do they get the exposure, but uh, it's uh, it's creating this bilateral trade mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of they'll learn and they'll also train, and uh, we get to share this little small culinary it's culture thing. for them too. Yeah, and go from here to there to come back here and that exposure. Um, 
for 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 a small restaurant to be able to uh provide that for the crew uh not only does it speak volumes but it 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 shows that you can scale up your 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 personnel yeah. to to where um for a long time a lot of shade has been thrown in restaurants and a lot of restaurants have been put into this like uh this 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 little cocoon where uh, one they say they're very risky and two they you sold after COVID like the first people to be laid off were restaurant workers. Mm-hmm. It's like they were just nothing, right? Right. And now the responsibility that I feel I have is uh, can I bring back the restaurant workers' dignity of working in the restaurant and it's not just a everyday uh, grind with no um, security or reward, right? Because right? that's what COVID exposed was restaurant workers really didn't have any yeah. security because right. once they shut him down in for, what, a couple of months, it was like, it's not like a local salaried guy who, yeah, you go home and work from home and right. still get paid or, you know, other companies that could afford to sustain their workers. Like restaurant workers were screwed because they had to wait. Yeah. Because they live off a well, table. Some restaurants shut down completely. Yeah. And so yeah. It wasn't just the workers. It wasn't just the workers. Yeah. It was the owners. It was the, the owners. Yeah. yeah. And some of them are still... Uh, if I remember a couple of buddies of mine in Chicago, they never bounced back from that. Yeah, most of them didn't. You know, because the trust was lost. Yeah. yeah. And in order to make sure that trust is there, I think it, it's helped with the approach. And I think I'm, that's the other good thing that came out of uh, COVID is I saw that and I was like, okay, uh, I will make sure that whoever's on board and like when you said minimum wage, I started paying people above minimum wage since I since I opened. Yeah, and yes, it was very costly. But at the end of the day, um, looking back at my time, when I'm like, yo, you make like nine bucks. Yeah, I think like you're like yo, the sous chef. Yeah, you're helping you're helping <laughs> the community yeah. out, which is good. You know, so yeah, awesome. Um, well, go check out Danny Four Eleven. Yes, and Fenders. And you see me around town, please say hi and I'll sit down and I'll chat. He doesn't bite. No, he doesn't bite. bite. Just say hi. He'll, I he'll like, talk I like to you. good conversations. I like uh, intelligent conversations. I, I think, I think we can ones. tell. <laughs> and even the funny yeah. ones. I didn't even get to my, you know, my quirky side, the funny side. We'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get you on again. More. And we'll, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll get you on again. This hey, is a really sure. great conversation. This is an awesome conversation. That was pretty good. Thank you for having me over. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to see what you do with this. We're and hoping it's going to be a good thing. Once you get the studio and uh, some music in between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know you could have a DJ, right? Right, right. We could. We could do that. Like, hey, we're going to go on the bathroom break. Yo, DJ, <laughs> DJ. take him out. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, well, thanks, man. Again, thanks, Danny. Right, we'll, uh, bless. We'll get you guys next time. Appreciate it.